See, we're taking the, we're taking this on the road. You do this, you do that a couple of times. You build up, uh, you build up word of mouth, <laughs> and then the the next logical step is charging admission <laughs> to be there to, to to be present. I feel like first we have to test the equipment that I have to see if it even works if we try to do this in person. Brian, you don't give your equipment regular testing. No, <laughs> <laughs> I got it, Josh. I think. <laughs> Oh, I get it now. You bastard. You gotta make sure that shit's working, man. <laughs> Thought we were still talking about podcast equipment. <laughs> You're welcome. I found the cold open, I think. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Josh Zorch. Hi, everybody. It's 2018. <laughs> and rounding out with Mike Bradley. Why is the fat guy going to be rounding it out? <laughs> that, that was not a date. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble already. Um, all right, so we've been putting off this episode for a few weeks after trying to schedule around the holidays and people's sicknesses, uh, but we're finally ready to talk about our favorite movies of 2017. I usually have a lot of fun with these episodes. Hopefully these guys do too. If you've never listened to these episodes in the past, each of us has made a list of our top 10 favorites of the past year. We have not compared these lists before recording, so this will be a surprise for all of us. Uh, we'll start with everyone's number 10, move on to everyone's nine, and so on until we get to the number one for each of us. Uh, along with doing our top 10, we usually do some honorable mentions, some movies that surprised us, some movies that disappointed us, and Andy has a third list, we, or a fourth list we, we may get to at the end. We'll see how we get how we do with time. Now, for the disappointments, I make it a point to not call these movies the worst movies of the year, because when it all comes down to it, these are all opinions. Uh, so the movies might not be bad. They may just be movies that we were looking forward to, had some expectations, but they failed to live up to our expectations. So because of that... Um, you know, you shouldn't feel bad for liking them if, if these would have made your top 10 list or whatever like that. Um, cause I'm sure some of you will probably think our picks suck. So that's just what happens with opinions. So at the very least, feel free to see any of the movies we talk about on a list. Just form your own opinion, check them out, good or bad. Maybe you'll like them or feel differently than us. Just, it's the best advice I can give, really. And let's not for, let's not forget this is now, I mean, this, this is, becoming you know an annual tradition this is the third top 10 of the previous year episodes that is true i think i think that is true i don't know what i did with the list from 2016 uh oh wait no i have i still have mine oh uh, do okay 2015 sorry i'm looking at 20 i don't know where 2015 went i do have 2016 so this is a a, a bright guy super friends tradition yeah and we've we've it, it's been I can't remember how many we had. I guess 20... How many we have on 2016? 2016, there was four of us. Uh, I think the only... Andy, Josh, and me were here. I think it was Mike Romano instead of Bradley for that one. Yep. Uh, Andy, we didn't have you on Most Anticipated. I don't have nope. I don't have a list from you. I was not on that one. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking at the Anticipated for this year. I'm going to try to compare and see how many people 
what movies from our anticipated made our top ten and see see where that goes. Well, I, I was there last year. <laughs> Based on what Andy <laughs> said before we started officially rolling, he may not get to most of his anticipated anyway. <laughs> no, <so>. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, their movies yeah, all Bradley, on my phone. Yeah, Bradley, I do have you a list. There. Yeah, last year we had... <laughs> Sorry, I have a list on my phone. <laughs> for for most anticipated, we had Matt Close, Mike Romano, Josh, Mike Bradley, and myself were all there for that. So I do want to shout out for, for Matt Close and Mike Romano. Both of them were invited back for the favorites of 2017 for this show. Um, Mike was busy. Matt didn't think he saw enough movies to warrant being on the show, so he passed. But both of them did hand off their top ten lists, so... We can go over those at the end on their behalf, and they're not here to defend themselves, so we can basically say whatever we want about them and their lists. So that could be fun. Can we only criticize their movie lists, or is it like open game? I mean, really, whatever you feel. Okay, I'll start making some notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get started, uh, and before we get into any of our lists, are there any movies that you guys wanted to see that didn't get around to this year that are obvious omissions, maybe, from your lists? Uh, the only one that I didn't get around to that I, I probably wouldn't have had any impact, but uh, the only one I made, like from the big list I made, was The Zookeeper's Wife. And that's okay. probably going to end up being like a very, you know, heavy movie anyway. So I'm sure it's good, probably, you know, I don't anticipate it being bad, but um, yeah, probably, probably wouldn't have had any impact on the list overall. But uh, I, I actually did two year, almost two years running now, did hit every mark that i had set out good job because i use my time wisely <laughs> I, I missed out on kitchen um mother and uh i did not get to see jumanji yet so oh, okay. i guess that's you know it's very end of 2017 but it still counts for 2017 so right right yeah i did not get to see that yet andy anything sticking out for you um. Yeah, that's that's my fourth list. <laughs> are there any Are there any bullet points? Any any at the top of that list that really stood out to you? Uh, no. Okay. There's just a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only one from my list that I made most anticipated that I did not see was Valerian. Uh, I just kind of heard crappy things about it and just didn't want to go out of my way to see it. Um, two other ones that I well, one that looked interesting to me that I never again went out of my way to see it was Free Fire. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of good things about Split, and I still didn't get around to seeing Split Ooh. yet, which I still do want to do. All right. Um, I'd, I'd flip it. I'd see Valerian and skip Split if I was you. Ooh. That would be my personal opinion. Okay. And I would disagree with that. Really <laughs> <opposite> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> having seen having seen both of them as well, I would go the opposite way. <laughs> and that's what we have and fun that's with. That's why here. we do lists. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> and again, it all comes back to everyone's different opinions, so... Everyone's everyone's in different places. Uh, all right, so before we get to the number 10, we're going to go around uh, and go through honorable mentions. We did make our order beforehand, so we're going to start with Bradley, go to Andy, Josh, and then we'll end with myself. So, Bradley, what are some of your honorable mentions that did not make your list? I have three honorable mentions down, um, first of which is Alien Covenant. Um, it was very good, but just not quite good enough. Uh, John Wick 2 and Atomic Blonde. Um, it's a good list. And uh, both John Wick 2 and Atomic Blonde, similar kind of movies, you know, very 
well done action sequences throughout, but mm-hmm. I just feel like this year was just so jam packed with really good movies that I could make an honorable list, honorable mention list, much longer. But I had the same. I, fi- I felt like three yeah. was a butter zone for the show. Yeah. So, all right, that's where I came out at. Sounds good, uh, Andy. Honorable mentions. I had one honorable mention. And that was Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh, that didn't even make the top ten. It was just above a disappointment. Ooh. That's why it's an honorable mention, because I didn't know where else to put it. Hmm, I feel like that's a right. harsh review of Homecoming. Yeah, it was just math for me. <laughs> all right. We will, I'm sure there will be a discussion on yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> going to show up on some people's lists, I can tell you that. Uh, Josh, what do you got? Um, yeah, I had the same problem with, as Bradley, where, like, my, when I started putting this together, I realized my honorable mentions, I started with, like, nine, and had to whittle it down. Um, so the ones that I'm gonna include are, uh, Happy Death Day, only because it was way better than it had any business being. Um, okay. I, I, it was, like, surprisingly entertaining, it wasn't, like, it started out annoying and like full of archetypal characters and it actually got pretty good um so i was very surprised by it um i'm actually including bright on my honorable mentions um there's a lot of i want to say problems with it but there's things about it that after listening to other opinions and and reading some reviews about it i i see like it 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 it, um let's say evolved but it had an impact on my opinion of it um, so I don't necessarily think it's it's bad by any means, but uh, I I thought it was good enough to mention, but yeah, nowhere near good enough to make the list. I go ahead. I, I was just going to disagree with a lot of the reviews of it because it made me want more. It it did, it, it did. I said I didn't I didn't like it less, but the the particular ones that I read were actually very well rationalized and. So they had a lot of good points, but like, um, yeah, that, that's why it did. It didn't make me like it less, um, but it just changed my opinion of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, my last, uh, actually, just because I, I wanted to include some different kind of movies on the show, um, was Murder on the Orient Express. I, it was a period piece, and yes, it's a remake, but I thought it was very well done, very well shot, um, and I ended up enjoying it. Much, much more than I thought I would. It's actually another one I should have included. I didn't get to see that yet. I did like that one, too. Yeah. If you you want to see it, if you're curious and you get around to it, definitely make the time. Okay. Uh, Three that I had, and maybe some contention here. Uh, My first honorable mention is Guardians 2. Honorable mention? Honorable mention. I did not put it in my top ten. Okay. Now, now, because okay. I feel like some of my other lists might get some shit too, just for <laughs> me being me. But I, I, I had a hard time ordering the list, and then the more I, I, to help myself order it, I sort of had the mindset of like, what am I in the mood to watch right now? Okay. So some of these movies fell lower on my list, maybe because I've seen them more often than not than some of the other movies on my list, and I'm just itching to see some again. So they mm-hmm. they've made it higher up. So this was, you know. Fighting for the lower part of my list, but it didn't make it in compared wow. to some other stuff, so I kicked it out. All right. Um, another one for me, Hidden Figures. I was actually really surprised with that movie. I thought that was really well done. And Logan Lucky. Yeah. I really enjoyed Logan Lucky, too. 
Um, all right, so we'll loop back around to Mike for his official number 10. Official number 10, Wind River. Um, Wind River, since I'm seeing some interesting looks, Wind River was um, <laughs> Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen in a kind of murder mystery on the Wind River Reservation in Montana or Wyoming. I can't remember which it said. I believe it's Wyoming that has the Wind River Reservation. Um, but it, it's a very interesting movie. And it also paints a very real picture about something I really wasn't aware of that some crazy amount of percentage of cases of missing Native American women never even get investigated. Hmm. Um, and so Wind River, the other interesting part, it was a true story. Um, and it was a really interesting film to watch. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Everybody that was in it felt very real. The the actors felt like they played extremely well done in their performances. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I haven't seen that one, so I can't really comment to that. Did anybody see that besides Mike? No. I didn't get around to it. It wasn't I I, I didn't I didn't get to see it and I didn't, but I didn't mention that I didn't get to see it because it wasn't really initially on my list. Um but it was one like once I learned about it and saw it around, it did look kind of compelling. Um, mm. and it's nice uh, to hear a good review from it. So there you go, Mike. We got to take your word for it. None of us had seen it. <laughs> well, hopefully you trust me. I'd watch it. Definitely give it a watch. It it was honestly something that may have been a lot higher on my list than a different year. Okay, fair enough. It's just this year. Just good lord. Yeah, twenty seventeen <laughs> was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll come around to Andy. Andy, your number ten. Uh, my number 10 was Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Is that what it's yep, called? That's yes. the one. Yes. I just wrote down Valerian, so I was <laughs> the rest of the, the title or whatever. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Um, I actually anticipated it to be higher on my list when I watched it just because of my love of The Fifth Element. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall, I thought it was uh, still an enjoyable sit and watch. I... I felt that Valerian hit. Uh, gig, hmm, I want to say it was better than it got credit for. Um, it got it got a lot of flack, and, and and like I'm watching it, knowing that it had all this flack, and, yeah. and I'm like you know I I'm enjoying this. I don't know. <laughs> well, a lot of times, I, even when you go into movies like expecting shitty movies, and if even if like especially the ones that get all kinds of crap online, you can sort of go in with that mindset, and then it ends up being better just because you're expecting crap. I th- I think the biggest problem the movie had to me was that it played very big on the love story between the two of them. Yeah. And they had no chemistry. Good point. Um, I feel like if they have a good chemistry together, that movie skyrockets and it does great. Yeah. I, 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 I like the world they created. I'll, I'll give them that. I think part of it, and I hate, it's not, it's not to be mean to her. It's, it's just an opinion. <laughs> I don't think that woman is a is a is a good actress. Oh, look what she did with the Enchantress. Good, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's meant for still pictures. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's the thing. Like, not even like, like necessarily going like that, like minimalist to it. it. It just acting is not something that she particularly excels at, especially in a like massive co lead role yeah. for something that big. Um, that being said, I don't think he did a super 
No, he great didn't. Job either. Yeah, he's been better in but, a lot of different like things. Bradley said, like the world that they created and the special effects and stuff were all very highly enjoyable. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Can, I want to see other movies in that world. Yeah. Okay, I'll give. Just I'll give, give me that. D- different actors. Because I I came out of it not having a very enjoyable opinion about it. But let me let me ask you this, like Andy, did you like? I don't say like grow up with, but like, did I? Did you grow up with the fifth element? Like, have yes. you, right? So you've seen it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I did as well. I just went back and watched it again, maybe like last summer or a year ago. Sarah had never seen it. So we finally watched it. And while I still enjoyed it, I felt like after going back to it for a while, I felt like it, there's parts of it that really, it's starting to feel like it doesn't hold up as much. Um, and, and I'm all, like, I'm almost wondering, Valerian to me felt exactly like Fifth Element. It, like in the good ways, but in the way that it didn't feel like it pushed anything else forward. Like design-wise and visually because of technology jumps, it looked great. But mm-hmm. in the filmmaking, it didn't feel that different to me than Fifth Element. And maybe that's one of the reasons okay. why it didn't grab me as much because it felt like a movie that had been made 20 years ago. Like, I had already seen it, almost. Does that make sense? I like that part of it, though. Okay, yeah, I mean, to each his own. That's just why it just didn't resonate with me that much. I don't know, but I... Last time I saw the fifth element, I still... enjoyed it as much as the first time I saw it, so I don't know. Okay. I mean, coming from the outside looking into Fifth Element, it's a weird fucking movie. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if that's one that... It may be the same way with Valerian, that... And this is coming from a guy who hasn't seen Valerian, but if you see those movies once, you kind of walk out going, I don't know how I feel about that, because that was really fucking weird. But the more you watch <laughs> it, the more you sort of come around to it. Like, I still feel like Valerian could have that cult type of following to it, give it a couple years, and we'll see if it comes around. Fair enough. Because even, even just from the trailers, like, it looks like a really, really pretty movie. I mean, it is. Oh, it, is. But it, it, it took a while for the fifth element to really, really catch on, too. And so I mean, I mean too, I think yeah. in the theaters, sure. fifth element was coming, people were coming out of it saying it was real fucking weird. Because yeah. I think it was marketed as an action movie. Yeah, especially then, with Bruce Willis in the lead. And then you watch the movie, and it is not an action movie. So I don't know if marketing didn't really help Valerian, too. I don't, I don't know. But I think, again, this is coming from the guy that hasn't seen it, so I can't really form too much of an opinion yeah. i'll come back to it after i get around to it i i think the things that were said especially about the acting like the script wasn't bad the story was interesting i think in the hands of especially two other actors or at least one other actress that maybe then the lead actor could have played better off of i don't know i mean I, like I said, i've seen dane dehan do much better with other things but maybe in the He's hands really of two chronicle yeah, like in the hands of two different leads, maybe I end up liking it more. Maybe that was my problem, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Alright, so we'll come around to Josh's number 10. Um, This was something I hadn't even expected to see, but I'm glad that I did. Uh, my number 10 is The Foreigner. This was okay. the uh, Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Hands down, I mean, not that I've seen his whole catalog by any means, but out of the half dozen to, like, nine Jackie Chan movies I've ever seen, this was by far his absolute best acting 
that I've ever seen, like legitimate. And I'm not mm. saying like the other stuff that he's done has a low bar. Um, but this was one of the like strong times that like you saw Jackie Chan, the actor. Um, even Instead though he's of the stuntman. Yeah. And he still has a couple of sequences where that happens, but it, the movie would been just as good, just as powerful if any of those sequences never happened. Okay. Um, and like him and Pierce Brosnan, uh, surprisingly play off each other very, very well. Um, it's, it's partially action, but it's partially thriller, suspense, and like how deep are things going? Who's double crossing who? And, and then like just Jackie Chan's character is like a one track person, like cutting through everything else happening. Um, it was a good mix. I, I was pleasantly surprised. That movie made my, might have changed my list. <laughs> <movie> list. <laughs> well, I'm glad um, it's getting good reviews by you because that is still something that I, I very much want to see. I'd say, yeah, definitely worth, definitely worth the time. Like, I, I don't, I didn't know enough about it or I wasn't as, um, uh, taken with it just based on advertising. So if I didn't have, the perk of seeing movies for free. I don't know if I would have paid for it going in, but after seeing it, I definitely would have said like, yeah, this is a movie worth the price of admission. Uh, I didn't get around to see that one. Bradley, did you see that one at all? No, I've not seen it yet. Okay. So Josh was riding solo, I think with that one. But yeah, I think that was one I was interested in. I just, I kind of actually forgot about it because I think it was in theaters at a weird time that I didn't get a chance to see it and kind of forgot about it. Is it on a video now? Like home, uh, home video? I haven't soon. checked, if I not very it's... soon. Yeah. Okay. So I think I saw it in October. So that was right when Jigsaw was coming out and it was still very big and Blade Runner was out. Mm. Uh, October was a busy month. Yeah, Blade Runner and... Um... Foreigner are both coming out around the same time on DVD, I think. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah, I'll have to try to check it out on home video then. And I think I think Thor, as a benchmark, I think Thor is coming out. It's releasing like the last last or second to last Friday of February. So if these you know, those two movies came out a month or so before, a couple weeks before, it's gotta be you know, within the next week, two, three weeks that Blade Runner and Foreigner have got to be coming out, I imagine. Blade Runner, I know, just hit video this week. Oh, did it? Okay. Then Foreigner so, either... Foreigner might be not might, might not be too far behind. Yeah. Well, maybe Foreigner did come out then. I knew it was soon. Let's look for okay. it. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a new release this week, too. Alright, yeah, something to, something to look out for. Yep. Um. Alright, so my number 10. My number 10 is John Wick Chapter 2. There's just something about Keanu Reeves just going ape shit on people. It's just fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, no denying that. There, like you've, I've seen other movies where that I feel like try to replicate that formula or or try to get the action that well choreographed, and there's still no substitute for it. And I, I agreed. I yeah, it's it's really hard to to watch something else that imitates that when he just does it so fucking well. I'm I'm highly looking forward to Chapter Three. Yes. Did you hear there's also possibly a series coming, too? Yeah, I think it's called, the, what, The Continental? Yes. Just, like, about the organization and people related to it and whatnot? The latest headline I saw was that Ian McShane may be in the series. Nice. 
Well, he went and did American Gods, so I would yeah. assume he would be. And he might so not they have to do with other series. Yeah, if they have him headlining the hotel, and you just see other assassins like coming in and out of this organization, because that the world they build for that those two movies is really fucking fun. I like all those rules that they have. It just seems yes. like such a cool underground thing. And he can carry a series. Oh sure. yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, Keanu would appear here and there. Like he he'd pop up for cameo appearances and kick ass in one episode and you wouldn't see him for a season and a half. But. I wonder if they, like, I could, I wouldn't put him past it doing that, but I wonder if they would wait until Chapter 3 is done before they sh- have him show up in the TV show. I'd hope so. Or they might give a bit of backstory to him. You know what I mean? Maybe you get some early year stuff. Yeah, I guess it would depend everything. when the when the show is set. We'll have to see if they give us more details on that, if that moves forward. I think it yeah. would it would be fun if in the series there were cutaway moments that are like taking place at the hotel um where like the moments where he is like walking through the lobby and you're like oh that's the moment from like the first movie where he comes in at this point but there's this other storyline that you're actually following in the episode so it's almost different point like, of view shots and just, stuff that, like that. just that happening in the background while they're yeah. telling the story yeah. yeah you see him roll up with the dog and tell the dog to stay there as he goes off and does other things yeah, exactly. The dog is just there for, like, a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my number 10. Did anybody else, did everybody else see that, or you guys... That made that my movies that might have changed my list. Movies, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I'll call that list number four. That made my list number four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we also need to uh, start with Andy's list and um, start whittling it down for him. No, that's not. I'm marking so that, them off. Yeah, so, well, well, so that we can, like, you know, like, okay, well, here are the ones that we really think you should see, so let's make a point to, like, you know, get together or something, and like, alright, we're having a John Wick night, something like that. <laughs> like, that'll be a goal for this year, is to start catching you up on everything from last year. Yeah, hopefully, and if you like any of the movies in our top ten, those will be the first ones you start crossing off the list <laughs> when you try to catch up. Uh, all right, so let's loop back around to Mike for number nine. My number nine is Logan Lucky. Um, oh, nice. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It was just fun from start to finish. Yeah. Um, you know, you w- it made sense, honestly, looking at it ahead of time and looking back at it, that Channing Tatum and Adam Driver would play so well off of each other. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig playing as well <laughs> into the comedy, I did yeah. not really expect, but he was... Oh my god, he was just great. Um, it, it, the, the whole premise of it, everything about that movie was just a ton of fun. I mean, it—that's it, the best way to put it. Is it. That was just fun the whole time, and it had a heart, yeah, behind it too. And, and it was not—it didn't feel like a forced heart or fake or anything. It was just you know a father-daughter, easy to insert, touching moments kind of thing. I must feel like anyone that watched like any of the Oceans movies and liked them should check this out. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, did anybody else see Logan Lucky? It made my honorable mention, so I, I definitely enjoyed it, too. Did Josh or Andy, did you guys see this? List four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was able to see it, gratefully. Um, uh, our theater doesn't keep stuff nearly as long as everywhere else because we don't have as many screens. Uh, to do so but uh, i did squeak in like i think it was the very last day we actually had it um and and was able to uh i like 
when Soderbergh makes stuff like this. Like, whatever. I don't even say he, like, switched gears at some point, but, like, I I forget about a lot of the movies he made. And then when I remember them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a damn good movie. Yeah. Like, you go back and think of, like, Haywire. Like that, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that movie's excellent. Um, I think, like, Logan Lucky kind of falls in that same vein. Like, obviously, it's a bit, much different tone. But it's funny, if you look at it, there's... I think this is, like, the f- third or fourth movie that he and Channing Tatum have done together. Well, what? At least the first two Magic Mikes. I, right? I don't... this one? Well, I don't remember if Soderbergh did the... Se- I know he did the first one. I don't know if he made the second Magic Mike. But he did Haywire and this, so that's at least three. Okay. Um, so I don't know if I think, I mean, they're a good team and yeah, him and Adam Driver worked well. I, I know I was happy with Daniel Craig. The stuff that they showed you in the previews and whatnot weren't, it wasn't the extent of the moments that they got out of him. It wasn't like, oh, we got these couple of like gold nuggets. Let's put them in the previews so that it looks like Daniel Craig is hilarious and people will want to see it. Um, yeah. he, he carried the character pretty well the whole time. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else for Logan Lucky? Nope. All right, uh, Andy, number nine. My number nine is um, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was really cool to see a Guy Ritchie movie done with the King Arthur legend. That being said, uh, it probably could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what, what, and, uh, what about it? didn't you think was very strong or like what what could have been strengthened Um, i should say i think the story could have been fleshed out a little better instead of like with all of the guy richiness (laughs) i don't know how to describe it i i saw it so i know what you mean by that okay (laughs) yeah 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 i just they call it legend of the sword and there's really no legend to the sword in that okay <laughs> do, do you know what i mean like I, I do when do they actually flesh out excalibur in that they don't yeah i mean it's it's so it's poorly titled yeah it sounded like well, an maybe awesome that's, title yeah okay no, it does sound like an awesome title and then you're like okay I, did they even like they said okay that's excalibur and you're like okay <laughs> cool and then it, yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm with you. It it it, it felt a. It should have been called Legend of Arthur or something like that because yeah. it was more about Arthur than it was about the sword. Yeah, but I'm with you. Uh, I, 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 it was a different style. It was a different way to approach the story. So yeah, I I I, I can see the the positives there. Yeah, I didn't see that one, so I can't contribute there either. Uh, Mike, did you see that at all? Okay. Yeah, I think that was another one that I feel like got trashed as far as reviews. It did, yeah. Um, Alright, so we'll swoop, swoop around to Josh's number nine. Blade Runner, 2049. Um, I... It wasn't until like a couple of weeks later after after seeing it that I actually realized how much it was sticking with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's very long, so it's, it's not something you like, I can, you know, if I, if I had it on Blu-ray, I am not sure it's something I would just casually on a whim 
like toss in to just sit back and enjoy. But uh, it's a time commitment. It it is, but it um, like I said, since it was something that I, I found myself continually going back to certain sequences, certain scenes, performances, uh, choices of the actors, the mood, the the environment design, all of it. Um, like on the on the one hand, on the one hand, it, there's something about it that I don't. I don't feel there's any one particular thing about it that's very strong, but collectively all the individual pieces worked very, very well together. Uh, the guy who I, the director that I, I will forever never try to pronounce his name again. Denny V. D- Denny V. Yeah. Um, he, he created a really damn good looking movie. Yeah, um, and, and and you know it wasn't just the look that that's the thing. It really was all the pieces. Even though there wasn't, like I said, there's not like one thing that I would say this was exceedingly strong on its own, but everything together was just like a really perfect match. Yeah. So I, spoiler alert: this is making my list later on. So I don't know how much I want to talk about it now, but I I really enjoyed this one. I'll I'll get my berating out of the way. Um. I actually found this movie incredibly predictable and boring. Um, I I know I'm in the minority on this one. It, the movie was absolutely gorgeous. I agree. It, everything in it was beautiful to see. Um, but I was pretty much aware of exactly how the story was going to go within 20 minutes of the movie starting. And I kind of felt like... I guess that kind of bored me the rest of the way through. No, like seeing like what I thought was going to happen, start to play out and start to play out. I'm not going to get any further into saying anything about it than that. Cause Andy hasn't seen it. I take it. Oh yeah. It's on my list for, <laughs> yeah. So this one, I'm going to try and reserve the spoilers a bit for Andy. Woo-hoo! I feel like it's, there's actually spoilers in there. I yeah. You know, you know, me actually spoilers. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it was, I wanted it to be a lot better than it was, and I, I don't know. It, it's not on my disappointments, but it's it, it's definitely something I felt the plot could have used some help. Okay. See, I don't know. I I disagree with Mike on this one. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I didn't know what the hell was happening. Maybe that's just because I, I can't read movies maybe as well as you. I don't know, but I... I love the story, the twists, everything. Three hours did not feel like three hours to me. I would gladly watch this again in a heartbeat. I, I'm sure I'm the one that's wrong for the most part on this, because let, let's face it, the reviews are out there on this movie, and it's like above 90% on everything, so I'm probably in the extreme minority here. Yeah, I'm I think aware it's of that, sort of like but... what Josh was saying. I think this was a movie where I saw it, and then it, it really stuck in my head for a good week after that, where I had to see it again, because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I, I loved it even more the second time around. So, yeah, this is this is higher on my list for me. I'd be willing to watch it again and give it another chance to see if it held any more for me. But first viewing, it didn't. That That's all I would say. Fair enough. Uh, Josh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, we can dive in more and further and revisit stuff if it comes up again. Okay. Uh, so we'll come around to mine number nine, 
my number nine is War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, okay. I thought this movie encapsulated that trilogy really, really fucking well. Um, it's a bit of a slow movie. There's not, like, there's some action to it, but there's not, I don't feel like the action is what you remember from this movie. Um, it's definitely really good for Caesar's journey. And if you've seen the other two movies, how this one ends, I think it's, it caps it off perfectly. Um, and even just from a special, a special effects standpoint, the motion capture for Andy Circus and everybody playing the, uh, apes for this movie is fantastic and it gets better every movie. And just the way they push the boundaries for that type of technology still baffles me. I look at those apes and I just, they look like real things to me. We're real, real animals, not, not people playing a computer controlled character. Um, this appears much higher on my list. Um, but I will say, um, yeah, the motion capture, the work Andy Serkis has done, he never gets enough credit for it. You can't give him enough credit for what he's able to do yeah. with creating that. And I mean, that's what Andy Serkis has always done. Yeah, we're getting Ulysses Claw and all that, but Andy Serkis is a motion capture actor like no other. Um, yeah, I feel bad. I think eventually he's going to end up getting like some unique special award recognition at like the Golden Globes or Oscars because they will like realize that they can't keep ignoring it, but they don't feel that it fits anywhere. But uh, yeah, he publicly through his peers and through the mechanisms that they have created to recognize their craft and their work, they are not giving him the ample public recognition in those forums that he needs to have. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I would say that these movies, as a whole, not I mean, this one explores a lot of it, but as a whole trilogy, all three of these movies kind of really do explore the early stages of human evolution that maybe we don't necessarily get a good look at, and they're, they're actually doing a really good job with it in that you're seeing what it's like the first time a primitive being has to deal with certain kinds of choices we don't get that in other movies that's something that and they did such a good job displaying and relating the emotions they're going through as they do that so i i I was very big on this movie um i it does not happen to appear on my list doesn't uh indicate that i did not enjoy it at all um andy is this on uh, number four list it is yes all right i'm liking i'm liking number four list um <laughs> yeah number four list is gonna be a good day. number four list is a damn <laughs> oh, good yeah, list yeah. All on a day. Yeah. well like I, I wanted to see this movie and i really enjoyed the first two so i mean i just, just didn't get a chance to see it i i wouldn't say this is a spoiler necessarily but to make the parallel to what you said about king arthur I feel, though, that it was maybe not as aptly titled as it could have been. Mm. Yeah. Um, while there yeah. are scenes of conflict and fight and battle, I would by no means in any way call this a war. Um, especially for what I felt like the mood that the trailers were setting up and the marketing that was used. Um, it really, I feel like, cherry-picked the most out of that characteristic to use for the advertising. Um, it was just a not, not apt title f- 
for it. It didn't. They, it's, it's a not, much more. It's, it's not a reflection more personal of personal journey though. for Caesar than I think yes. than what the title gave me credit for. Yeah, and I think it, it could have been the Great Escape from the Planet of the Apes would have felt an apt name. Um, yeah, because de- it definitely had that feel at times. And um, then, like, pl- like just completely random. I just suddenly popped into my head, but Steve Zahn's ape, I can't remember the name of the ape that he plays in that movie, loved but that. fucking stole the show for me. That is true, I almost forgot about that. Oh, I'm looking that up right yeah. now. Because I remember, I didn't even know, like you, it's like, I forgot about Steve Zahn for like the last ten years. <laughs> and then, yeah, after I saw that, I'm watching the credits, and he comes up, I'm like, holy hell, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him until watching the credits. He did amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, talk about, you know, actors that excelled in a motion capture type of performance he nailed that yeah yeah he's just oh his his uh character credit is just called bad ape oh, bad okay ape. that was his name bad ape um all right anything else for this oh we might hit it again if it may, comes back to mike's list right yeah yeah it's on okay my list so if we need to talk about it again we'll hit there there uh, so we'll loop back around to Mike's number eight. My number eight is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, again, this is one any other year probably would have been a lot higher for me. Um, but it, it just one of those things when you're making this list and you're trying to figure out what goes where. That's where Spider-Man wound up for me this year. Um, from the opening credits on, I was sold. Uh, I think we discussed it once before, you know, I mean, when the Spider-Man theme hits during the Marvel logo, you kind of got that sigh of relief, like, okay, Spider-Man's home now, let's see what happens. And Still a little mad they didn't use that theme for the movie. Like, during the movie. Like, they they use it in in the the opening credits, but, like, as far as, like, the Spider-Man theme showing up later when Spider-Man is doing Spider-Man things, it doesn't happen again. That's, That's all you get. I feel like that's not a Marvel thing to do. I feel like they don't really... But that's the problem, is a lot of their characters don't have recognizable theme songs. You put that song in that movie, and that is a recognizable theme for a character that should have a recognizable theme. That's true. Sorry, I don't. I undercut you. Go ahead and... <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Now you're going to be thinking about that, and thinking about scenes that would have been cool in. But anyways... Um... I feel like Tom Holland did a fantastic job as Peter. Um, I it, the thing I didn't know is I didn't I haven't read a lot of the newer Ultimate Spider-Man stuff. The girl, uh, Liz, is she like a love interest of his in any of the newer comics? Do you know? Uh, I was kind of confused as to why there was a random girl that they chose to like not have one of his normal love interests show up. For this yeah, one. I honestly don't remember. I'm sh- um, I, I'm pretty sure it's a character that was used in a comic before, but it's not a character I'm familiar with in the comics. Okay, yeah, I just wasn't sure because it's not one I've experienced in any of the comics. But, um, in general, I thought, you know, they Michael Keaton, as expected, knocked it out of the park um, with a very difficult villain to knock it out of the park with. Yeah. Um, you know, but. They made it work. Um, the storyline and their ability to plug it in where needed without screwing up their own timeline 
I think was very well done and important. Um, and the idea that, you know, all this Avenger or all this alien tech from the Avengers resulted in, you know, the Tinkerer being able to make all this stuff for him. I thought that was pretty damn cool. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was one of the best uses of connected continuity that they've applied without it just being wasted as a temporary inconsequential callback moment. Yeah. You know, it, it literally becomes the driver for the characters, for their motivations, for the for the tools that they have at their disposal to, you know, do what it is that they end up doing. Um, it that was it was one of the few things that felt very, let's say, comic booky, necessarily. But if, I, I feel like a lot of other things that maybe have just popped up here and there, um, in between the movies, uh, like I said, I don't want to call them fan service per se, but. It, it wasn't as well taken advantage of, you know, like the, the writers, you know, had mm -hmm. this story idea and came up with it. They recognized an opportunity to use something that really you never, you could have forgot about entirely. Like we all know that stuff at the event, during the events of the Avengers happens, but if you never really revisited the practical effects of it, the practical consequences of it, nobody ever would have thought about it again. And they found a way to harness that and bring it really down to the street level where the story needed to take place. Mm -hmm. I, I I think that's a fantastic job that they did with that. And using it as a fuel to create their... You know, the Spider-Man villain typically has that otherwise would have been a perfectly good guy went bad kind of thing. You know, when you think about the major Spider-Man villains, very few of them were just innately bad people that continue to do bad things. You know, so there's a long list of them if you look back at it. Sandman and Harry Osborn and all that. But I feel like this one was actually believable in that he, this guy just got screwed and got pissed off and was trying to make some money. You know, like he wasn't trying to be a supervillain. He was just trying to be a criminal making money. He didn't give a damn about Spider-Man yeah. until Spider-Man gave a damn about him. Um, and he, you know, he was just trying to provide for his family after the government screwed him out of God knows how much money. I feel like that's a more believable scenario for somebody turning to something like that than say, I don't know, the amazing Spider-Man part two with Andrew Garfield and the shocker. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, they, they took the correct route. Yeah. Um, minus the alien tech on the believable stuff, but you know, it is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. This one will make my list in a few more rounds. Um, but yeah, I, I like there. I think this is the first Spider-Man movie in a while that nailed both sides of the character there. You finally got the, the clumsy dorky Peter Parker and the funny quippy Spider-Man. There was there, mm -hmm. like the past movies have got one or the other right. They haven't. I don't think they've nailed both of them. But Tom Holland, I think, did an excellent job. And just having Spider-Man be able to play with everybody else again is so fun to see. Yeah, yeah. It, the the back and forth with Happy, I thought was yeah, yeah, just great. That was well thought out. And I'm glad that it was a good uh, idea. 
I th- I'm pretty sure we talked about this whenever we reviewed it too, but RDJ did not overshadow this movie. He's sprinkled in there just enough. It is definitely Spider-Man and Tom Holland's movie, so that is good. Yeah, that was a concern going in. Yeah. Was that it was going to be like Iron Man featuring Spider-Man. Right. And it wasn't that, so that was a plus. Um, all right, so we'll go to Andy's number eight. My number eight was The Zookeeper's Wife. Oh, oh, there you go, Josh. All right. So it won't, it won't disappoint once I get around to it. Uh, <laughs> it, it it also made my surprise list. Hmm, okay. Okay. And on both. I didn't know what to really expect from it, except that there was a zoo involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you are right. It, it, it is rather heavy. Um, but that it just, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it very thoroughly. It is not funny or actiony or anything like that. Um, so it's a drama. It, yeah, it's a drama. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd recommend it. I think it was well acted and well, well produced. Everything about it was, was pretty solid. Yeah. I don't think I know anything about this. Can anyone like summarize this or, uh, there's a zoo in, Poland called the Warsaw Zoo, I think. Okay. And they basically um, the 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 husband and wife that own it use it as a front to help the Jews escape the Holocaust. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nothing what I expected it to be. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think it's I, I of course a lot of people assume like myself assume anything dealing with history is um but is this is it based on a true story or is it all so. fiction? I, no no i think the warsaw zoo is actually like you can go there there's a monument and like a um i don't want to call it a park but you know you can go yeah, and, yeah. and visit it and whatnot okay yeah i mean the the story i tend to be attracted to World War Two era stories, especially one that looked like this, where like anybody, anybody who was like real world people, you know, it's 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 uh, easy is not the right word. If you if you make a history movie like Dunkirk, it's easier for people to get behind the idea of the soldiers. I think who you know were the ones actually fighting the other you know German and, and Japanese armies and whatnot. The stuff where people like this, like Schindler's List, you know, where it's just the everyone else, all the real world people who were also trying to do something to save people and and to have a positive impact. Um, you know, those those ones, uh, you know, it's not hard to convince me to be interested in something like that. So yeah, the ba- the basis of it sounded really appealing. Um, so it's nice to hear that it. Uh, that it was pulled off really well. All right. Um, Mike, I'm assuming you didn't see this one. No, I did not. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't see it either, so I can't really contribute to that. And we know Josh didn't see it either. So <laughs> Andy, Andy's standing alone with this one too. <laughs> well, I mean, Jessica Chastain stars. And, uh, if you remember Daniel Brühl from, uh, you know, Baron, Zemo. Baron Zemo from Civil War. You know, Civil I, War. Yeah, I mean, there was one or two movies I saw him in before Civil War that, when he was cast as Zemo, 
got me very excited for that role, and I thought he was an excellent villainous type character. And I believe, am I right? Does he play sort of a similar role in this as well, Andy? Yes, yes. If you liked him in Civil War, you will like him in this. Awesome. Good to know. All right. Cool. Uh, so we'll, well come around you to won't, won't like him, but you know <laughs> he does a good job in that. <laughs> you like him because you don't like him. Exactly. Um, all right, so we'll loop around to Josh's number eight. All right, uh, my number eight is one that Brian mentioned he didn't get to split. Okay. Uh, I I saw the movie The Visit after seeing this and with both of those i think that m night Shyamalan is on a very strong welcome path back after having a few questionable project decisions like the last airbender the happening which is one of the most terrible movies i've ever seen <laughs> um and uh i never saw another earth but I believe you have. Oh, After Earth. After Earth, yes. Yes, yes, After Earth is terrible. And yes. Wait, was that the one with Will Smith? Yeah. That was Not an just M-Night? Will. Will Smith is barely in that movie. You get a lot of his son in that movie. That That's an oh, M.I. That Shyamalan was... movie? Yeah. I don't even realize I don't think that. I don't what? think he wrote, I just thought he it directed. Was Will Smith with well, Will Smith. Well, it was Smith. a trash can, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Following, followed by Jaden Smith. I, just, I didn't think that M.I. had his hands in that at all. He was the director. I can. I don't think he wrote it, but he did direct. Um. So he 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 stumbled for a couple of years, but uh, Split was no. First of all, Split was a PG thirteen movie, and it's very difficult. Like being a horror buff and and watching so many, it is. I feel it is extremely difficult to make a non R rated thriller, supernatural ish horror type thing anything that sort of falls to that side of the spectrum it's hard to do it extremely well and keep it pg-13 um i mean a lot of kudos goes to james mcavoy uh for his performance in this but you also need good writing as the basis and it definitely had that uh all the female leads uh anya taylor taylor joy um it was just a, it was the right formula, the right story, great acting. Um, and Brian, I know you're not really the horror type person. This really doesn't fall in that genre at all. It really does toe the line much more of like suspense thriller. Yeah, well, even just the rating. If it was rated R, I'd be a little bit more sketchy to it, but it being PG 13, I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle this when I get to it. I mean,. <laughs> I, I I mentioned it earlier about like Valerian and Split <laughs> and our difference there. Um, it, my problem with Split is zero percent James McAvoy. He did a fantastic job with his role. Um, they like can't say enough about how well he did. As far as the rest of it, and I don't know. Like I wanted it to be much better than it was. Okay, uh, and I feel like I come out of every single M Night Shyamalan movie I've ever seen saying <laughs> the same thing. I can understand um, that. So, like, we can talk about the visit later on our own time, and that 
whole deal, but it, I just feel like that's where I come out with an M. Night Shyamalan movie, is I come out saying, hmm. <laughs> like, right. a, oh god, not another one? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a, well, it, it's one of those things where, like, how does this happen in every single one of these? Um, like, how does the ending always disappoint me? And I feel like in this case, it didn't necessarily go that route, but the movie as a whole was more disappointing than other movies. I feel like he writes really good movies up until he has to explain what's going on. <laughs> and then his explanation with the crazy twist turn thing okay. always kind of throws me off. And I'm like, what if I would have rather it be a real monster. Um, <laughs> as opposed to, I don't know, what was The Village? I think is a good yeah. example. Like I, I remember make it a real monster. Yeah, I remember walking out of that one being real pissed off. <laughs> yeah, like that's the one that always comes to mind for me because I feel like it's the one that pissed me off the most. Um, like it, but, it almost feels like he would be a very good like no- novella writer. Like he he if he wrote nonfiction, or I'm sorry, if he wrote fiction novels on the page, it would be like an interesting read. But translated into a two-hour visual medium, you're like, really? That was the extent of it? I feel like he would have 200 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really do. I feel like he's really like an early 19th century, you know, author. Like, I feel like that's a good way of putting it. You know, like, that's where it falls for me. I know... Some people love the guy, and he makes tons of money and all that. It just... Mm. I don't know. Andy, did you get around to see this one or no? Split? Is this, is this, yeah, is this list four for you? Yes. Okay. I I it's, would definitely watch... It's low watch... on the list. I, I just, the last few M. Nights, I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> so, yeah, the only thing that really had watching. me kind of wanted to see it, um, uh, Emily really wanted to see it, and McAvoy's in it, so... Yeah. yeah. It, McAvoy and, makes it worth watching whether you enjoy the rest of it or not. He is actually incredibly good and yeah. worthwhile. And, like, this this was my number 10 on my most anticipated for the year. So, mm-hmm. and that I think that was, like, one of the points that I think I would brought up was, yeah, it's M. Night, but the previews of what I, what I saw of James McAvoy bringing to it at that point um, I also didn't think he, w- I thought he was a, an actor of a particular caliber that he would not have taken the project if he didn't think it was strong enough and he wouldn't want to take it on. Um, so that's why I was, you know, going to give it a chance to begin with. Um, and I, like I said, I, I, I there's certain things about it that I, again, you know, th- that I think could have been strengthened, you know, to use the argument from King Arthur again. Um, but I, I, again, I, I think it was, something that put M Knight on a good potential strong foundation again. Something he can use to build off of going forward. Sounds good. Can't argue with that, because again I haven't I didn't get around to this one yet. Um Alright, so we'll go to my number eight. Uh my number eight is Wonder Woman. <clears throat> DC finally got something right. Uh, notice that, well, granted, we haven't got through everybody's list, but we have not talked about Justice League yet, so we'll see if it makes anybody's list at all, but... It made my list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the fourth list. (laughs) 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 
Yeah, I was I was reserving to see if it shows up anyways top ten or hits a disappointment list at some point, but you know, they had this movie and they had Wonder Woman and Justice League in 2017. Justice League didn't live up to not that I had expectations for it, but it was Justice League to me was strictly meh. They they didn't crash and burn with it, but it didn't elevate the their universe or that series like I thought and were hoping it might surprise. Um but Wonder Woman came out of the gate and I thought was really, really fucking good. Um the ending still I don't know how I feel about the ending, it's still it's still iffy to me how how that ends. Um Sto- story story wise or execution? I think more story. Really? Yeah, I I granted I'll have to go back and try to listen to what the hell we did for the review. Because I offhand can't remember what I mentioned or what I talked about, but and I don't want to get into too specifics for people that haven't seen it. But okay. um, yeah, there's the sort of twist thing that that happens in the, in the third act near the end, and and that whole sort of battle thing. I I don't know. I'm still iffy on that. But the journey to get there, I think, is fantastic, and Gal Gadot nails it as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think they give her some really, really good character moments. Um, no Man's Land is a particular standout to me in that movie. I fucking love that sequence. Yeah, uh, Chris Pine comes across really excellent. He's surprisingly funny in this movie, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to complain about other than maybe like the third act stuff. I can try to pick apart, but yeah, up up till that, I loved every every other second of it. Uh, I feel good. I feel personally, this does not make any of my lists anywhere. Um, I'll I'll say that ahead of time. But I feel that my biggest issue was I felt that David Thewlis was poorly cast. I don't know. Do you remember Dragonheart? <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't remember Dragonheart? Prince. <laughs> right, Prince? He's a prince? Something, whatever. Uh, I mean, we can let the listeners, the listeners know that Dragonheart is not on Netflix, but like Dragonheart Four is. There was a new Dragonheart movie made this year. Yeah, I saw some of no. that. <laughs> it's it's crap. Do you actually watch it? The part I of it. Only oh, well, watched oh, part the first one. I haven't I haven't watched any after that. Yeah, part part three and four are both on Netflix. So if if you followed our our thread from David Thewlis. To Dragonheart, then you can get some some, and you really love Dragonheart. You can get some Dragonheart appetite satiated on Netflix, but just not the one with David Thewlis. So when you're saying Dragonheart Four is bad, are we talking Jaws Three bad or Jaws <laughs> Four bad, or like Sharknado Two bad? <laughs> bad, <laughs> just bad. I think we may mention that this movie might show up on some other people's list. Do we want to talk about it now, or wait till we come back around to it? If anybody has anything to add. Uh, let's take a breather. We'll add some new thoughts when we get to them. Okay. So that was my number eight. We'll loop around to Mike's number seven. My number seven is it. Um, I, I feel like, you know, like I'm, I can't, the sequel can't come soon enough on this movie. Um, I feel like it just did such a damn good job with the story. Like, yeah, there's certain parts of the book that are just never going to be put on film. Um, (laughs) If you have read Stephen King's It, 
You know the parts I'm talking about. I'm not even willing to mention them on the podcast. <laughs> that is um, a smart idea. Yes. That, that I don't... I, it, it's... It, it, there was some of the complaints people had, is that it didn't stay true enough to the book. And some of that book for, was a little for bit good reasons. fucked up. Yeah, some of it was a little too fucked up to put on the screen. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about an X rating that that movie would have required in this day and age. And, yeah, we don't need that. Um, that being said, um, I know he's Skarsgård. What's his first name? Um. Oh, uh, Bill. Bill, yes. That's the Bill, yeah. He did a fantastic job as Pennywise. Um, all the kids in this movie, I was very impressed. Um, they, they were damn good actors. Yeah, that freaking, um, that kid from uh, Stranger Things, freaking, I mean, in certain scenes, like, just stole it. Like, he owned yeah, he did. those Wolfhard. scenes. Yeah, he he. Like I was almost some at certain times I was almost more interested in him and, than all the other kids and Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I feel like Stranger Things has a lot of the reason as to why this movie got pushed it is because it has that same kind of feel of the young kids in you know doing their whole thing, running around the town, and you know the adults don't know about it, don't believe them, whatever. But, yeah. Uh, it, like, the whole thing to me was just non-stop, like, fun. And, you know, for me, I'm somebody that has no fear of clowns whatsoever. It still manages a few good jump scares. Yeah, you know, I was, I was what I liked about it a lot was that it didn't rely on that. Like, it, it almost, a afterward, it didn't even, like, a lot of, I don't, th I don't think of it as a horror movie. I don't really think of it as a thriller. Like, I don't, it, it, not that it, like, defies genre because it's so bending, but it didn't rely on jump scares. It didn't rely on gore. It didn't rely on any of, like, the traditional things that you might think of a horror movie or, like, supernatural thriller necessarily. Like, kind of, like, it, for me, like, it exists in its own little pocket of... Like, they just kind of made, like, a good, scary-ish movie. Creepy. You know, yeah, like, a good, creepy movie. And maybe it's, like, studios haven't made something like that in so long because they focused too much on, like, emphasizing one type of scary movie tactic. Yep. So much. Oh, they definitely have. Like, like one or, like, you know, take your pick out of, like, the five main types you could select from, for instance, and most scary movies have fit one of those molds. This one really didn't. Right. It, it definitely set itself apart from the paranormal slasher monster, whatever. And I feel like that was a... It, it, even though it's an old story and one that we've seen on film before, it still was refreshing. Um, because it was so much better done than the old TV series was. For... I mean one instance that old tv series much as i like tim curry it just was not that great so so Andy, for obvious Brian, reasons i i can't contribute but <laughs> Andy, did you see no. that one i did not see that one okay i have no intention of seeing that one. Oh, i didn't even make list four no no do you, you don't like horror you don't like clowns or what is it 
Uh, both. Okay. I'm Fair right enough. With you, Andy. <laughs> You're missing out, man. If you like Stranger Things, Brian, you would like this movie. Mm, yeah. I'm telling you, 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 if you like one, you would like the other. To see, you know if, what? If, I, I actually would agree with that. Really, <laughs> if it, I ever it, come around to it, you guys will be the first to know. Sure. No. On, on honestly, like that, I hadn't thought of it before, but with that description, like the approach to quote scary things or again like supernatural elements or whatever this this was in much more in the vein of something like stranger things than a horror movie that you might actually think of still might not end up being your cup of tea in the end but the typical barriers that i know you don't like of horror this doesn't have a whole lot of them in it okay no I, mean, I know Josh does... has a copy of it, so if I ever need to, <laughs> this is true. I can I can watch with him. <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know. The worst thing is he comically waves a severed arm at one point. I, I think that's about. <laughs> but I mean that that's like the one instance I can think of where there's actually something like that that seems unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't hold my breath for it, but if, <laughs> if, if I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, Andy's number seven. My number seven was the Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. Okay. This almost could have made my surprise list. Um, it, it didn't make my top ten, but, um, it was, I, I mean, especially following Stranger Tides, this, I thought, was a, you know, a, a, again, like a strong return to something. Um, Andy, do you think that, I mean, do you think they're going to keep going? Like given, no, I, I would say that's probably the last one. Do you want there to be more, especially kind of like how it left off certain things? Pretty solid bookend to it. I mean, even giving that last bit, since we're not spoiling anything, that last, that very last thing. Yeah. The end credits of that movie seem to, they lead you to believe there's going to be more. Uh, um, doesn't make I, any fucking sense that end credits thing, but yeah. they want you to make it <laughs> safe. There's, uh, there's going to be I more. I don't think they will. I mean, I think it's Disney, and I think pirates movies just kind of print money. Not here, maybe overseas. They, it's still. I want to say it's still made like seven hundred or something like that, didn't it? I, I'd have to check All the figures. Told. I didn't think it did well, but I didn't look at the worldwide. I know it didn't do well domestic. Maybe, I saw it in the theater. I mean, that might have been Captain Jack's last go Pirates movie. You might see some Orlando Bloom and Elizabeth Swan or whatever, but. I think if they lose him, they lose the franchise, though. Yeah, I don't think that is as little money as it might make. I think it makes a lot less if Captain Jack's not in it. Uh, Yeah, probably, although I know pun intended and no spoilers but if this does end up being its swan song uh, uh. it uh <laughs> yeah I, I agree andy i think it was a good if that's going to be the end i think it ends on a strong enough note that it, it it ties up enough that even if there's still some other strings you could pull on if that's it it's it's a find it's a fine way to be the end yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, you so, really can't replace the original Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I mean, still sorry, the best that one. Movies definitely. Yeah, the those best. first, 
the two first and, two. Yeah, two two and three are I think pretty on par with each other. Two is probably a little bit better than three, but you know, four came out and it was just like, oh, what the fuck happened to this? <laughs> and then I'll you know kind of low expectations for for this one, and then you know being pleasantly surprised. Pretty nice. Uh, seven hundred ninety-five million total worldwide. Total, yeah, worldwide. So it made that... money, but I'm oh, sure yeah. they probably wanted it to make. With it being as big a franchise as it is, I'm sure they wanted it to hit a billion. I, you know, there was a uh, thing on IMDb earlier this week. Uh, it felt very much like a like BuzzFeed type of article thing. Uh, like, click on here for this list of things. But it was the, uh, I think, 35 movies that have grossed a billion dollars or more worldwide. Stranger Tides is the only mm-hmm. Pirates movie on that list. Dead Horror? Man's Chest is now on there. Oh, is it? Yeah. It, it, okay. On the list I'm looking at right now, it just got to 1.06. Okay. That, that was number three? Stra- that was, Stranger Tides was yeah. four. Dead Man's Chest was two. Two. Yes. That's right. Yeah, World's End was uh, three. $963 million. Black Pearl was 654 And then just over a billion for the two and four and so like right about 800 for this one yeah i mean it's it's how nothing... stranger tides made the highest grossing i have no idea because that is by far my least favorite oh yeah i again i think it was the it was the global money it was certain markets like china had only recently like opened back up to american movies in the couple of years preceding and like it went yeah the rest of the world went for especially asia went ape crap for that movie and i mean if disney can spend the money and put out 200 million dollars in budget to get a six to seven hundred million dollar movie that's just you know printing half a billion dollars for them yeah i i see no reason they wouldn't do it yeah anymore i feel like a lot of movies especially like transformers and that shit they just take the hit domestically (laughs) and just release it overseas where it makes a shit ton of money Fast and yeah. the Furious, man. That's oh yeah, do. that too. Yeah, I feel like that one's like the biggest offender because <laughs> I want to say it was like fast. It was either the seventh one or the eighth one wound up being like the second or third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time because of overseas. It made yeah. like absolutely nothing here, but you go overseas and it made like one point three billion outside the U.S. I don't know. I still like, think those Fast and Furious movies I think do pretty well here. I mean, they definitely make they more money overseas. I'm not. I'm not trying to undercut that point, but they might make, I mean, this will be interesting, I don't know if we want to look it up right now, but like, Fast 7 or 8, what it made domestically compared to Dead Men Tell No Tales domestically. Uh, that's something we can... Yeah, we don't have to do it right now, because we could have some dead air, or come back to it (laughs) later. Um, but I was gonna say, uh, when I was sick the last couple of weeks, um, the one day I did stay home from work. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it was like three in the afternoon. I'd had like my second glass of orange juice, my third can of soup that day. And I was like, I, I, I just, I need something to pass the time that I, I'm familiar with. I don't want to think. And I, and I put in black pearl <laughs> and I don't think I've watched it in eight or nine years, maybe 10 years. 
So that's your go-to sick movie? Uh, it was, it was... Or at least at fun. the time. I mean, it was, it was nice again, you know, it, it holds up. I'll definitely say that. That first one, uh, I didn't go back and, like, watch two or three again yet, but the first one's still, what, f- 15 years later coming up? Oh, shit. Still, still holds up really well. Um, two things. One, Fate of the Furious, 226, Dead Men Tell No Tales, 172. Just domestic? Um... Yeah, that's just their domestics. Uh, the other thing is, my sick movies happen to be Lord of the Rings. I watch the trilogy <laughs> every time I'm sick, man. That's just, it goes on when I'm sick. I don't know why when I'm sick, I just have that, I want to watch Lord of the Rings thing. I don't know what it is. Comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> Taters. Um, Alright, anything else for Pirates? Or we'll move on to Josh's number seven. I don't have too much to add for Pirates. I didn't. It didn't make any of my lists. I didn't expect much from it, and I don't feel like I came out remembering a lot of what I saw, so it didn't really make any of my lists. But I will say, I do agree. I think it's better than 4. It's better than Stranger Tides. <laughs> I will agree with that. That's They should have put that on the marketing. Yeah, that's all you need to tell we, people. We, it's better than the last one. We promise it's better than the last one. Yeah. We get the young Jack Sparrow origin story. <laughs> Which I don't think you needed, but... It was still cool. Um, all right, so Josh is number seven. Um, this I just actually got to see it last week, over the weekend, I think. Um, and it technically is a late, very late 2017 release, but um, I'm including it, and I absolutely loved it. The Shape of Water. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, did anyone else get one... to this yet? I did not. Um, no, the only reason I... I started hearing about it is because Guillermo won the Golden Globe. Yeah, uh, and it's extremely well-deserved. Um, it's every best part of everything he's ever made put into one project. Um, the one thing that I was most pleasantly surprised about that was the strongest element of it. Um, I, I mean, I, I think people tend to think, like, if you've uh... seen... What did I do it again? Strongest element. Shape <laughs> of water. No. Okay. That, <laughs> now may, maybe I have a problem because now maybe I'm doing it unconsciously. I didn't even think of that, but maybe it just happens now. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a lot of the marketing revolves around the idea that there's creature and it's a monsterish type thing, which that element of it is really cool and it's beautiful. Um, which that, that's like the one thing I'll say runs through this movie is just beauty in, in every aspect of the word, the, the, the look, the cinematography, but just like really, you know, again, sort of in that, like, okay, I'll say it like wussy kind of way. It's just pure beauty. Um, in the way that people really dug into a rival based on sort of this exploration of the idea of communication. Shape of Water does that same thing. Um, this isn't a spoiler, but I don't know if it was something that anyone really knew as much, because I didn't going in. Your main character is mute. She cannot communicate verbally. And she has a main interactive relationship with an inhuman character that you presume would therefore also not be able to communicate by typical means. Um, 
so the the way that they go about conveying thoughts and ideas and interaction um is is just so gorgeously done um as i said every best thing you've ever seen in, in a del toro movie from chronos to pan's labyrinth to hellboy to crimson peak like pick out anything every like best piece is put into this idea of this this project um and so like any any positive things you guys have been hearing about it i would say are absolutely warranted Hmm. fair enough yeah i don't know too much about it like i said i i had been happened to be watching the gold globes and i had seen he was nominated for it i didn't realize that was his movie yep i knew really nothing about the movie so yeah I'm, i'm actually a little bit interested now yeah, honestly, if it wasn't for the Fantasy Movie League, I wouldn't have even known that it existed yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so. um, I mean, he, uh, shared screenwriting credit, um, with, uh, someone named Vanessa Taylor. Um, and I think this is the first time if I read, it's either the first time that he's had a co-writer or at the least it's a, the first time he's had a female co-writer. Um, so it is the, the, the two of them, um, and then obviously he directed, um, but just the, the acting across the board, every character, Michael Shannon is amazing in it. Richard Jenkins is incredible. Uh, Olivia, uh Octavia Spencer. It's, it's just, it's a, it was a great collection of pieces put together just absolutely wonderfully. Gotcha. Uh, Mike, it doesn't sound like you've seen this. Andy, did you see this one? Uh, no, it's very high on my movies that might have changed. The list, <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so wait, did you, Andy, did you rank <clears throat> that list in terms of the potential of the impact it may have had that you perceive? Sort of. Um, I pretty much wrote it down in order of, like, yeah, movies, like, for the year. Okay. But when I look at it, like, some of the titles have much more weight than others. Okay, okay, I understand that. Uh, all right, so we'll come around to my number seven. Uh, my number seven seven is actually, like Josh said, it's another new addition to my list that I saw recently that I actually really enjoyed, which is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> all right. Um, it's probably one of the best, not that it's an adaptation, but video game movies that have come out in a while. Adaptations typically kind of suck, but this takes a lot of video game tropes and just has fun with them, which I really enjoyed. Like, they they explain NPCs to people that don't know what NPCs are, which is a really fun little <laughs> gag that's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can... Okay. So, there, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, the having them, all these characters that they inhabit the game with, having special abilities and all this stuff. But it has, surprisingly, the heart of the first Jumanji movie. Like, yeah. it it's... They they play the sequel part of it well enough that it connects, but it's not like, like I don't know. I guess not, like not an obvious cash grab for the franchise, which I thought it might be just with the title. So alone. it is a sequel. Yes, they acknowledge the first one, and it, it's I think it's hinted at in the trailers, and it happens within the first five minutes of the movie. But the game itself almost has a life as, of its own. It starts to think that people don't play board games anymore, so it just kind of morphs itself into a video game. <laughs> okay. So people will play it, and that's how the story starts. Um, 
so yeah, once it changes from a board game to a video game, it, it just adopts video game things. And for anyone that plays video games, will catch a lot of those jokes that they put in there and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this also almost made my surprise list. Um, because, again, I kind of felt, again, like it was much better than it really uh, had any right to be. Uh, I remember because I think we talked about it like originally just hearing that they were going to make another Jumanji movie. Yeah. We all kind of thought it was going to be crap because yeah. the first one doesn't need a sequel. No. Yeah. yeah and this I, one still very much feels like there was just a script floating around that was like Jumanji and like had video game stuff with it. But they just wanted to put Jumanji on it. So it was a little bit more recognizable and tried to attract that kind of a crowd. But they connected enough to the first one and the, the universe from that first one that it fits and, and works. And I really enjoyed it. I feel like last year on our anticipated list, we had a what were they thinking category, yep. and I'm pretty sure my, that my list for that category was Jumanji and Baywatch, and um, <laughs> I know I mentioned it before, definitely. Yeah. Did uh, did anyone else get around to it? I have not yet. I haven't seen it yet. No. Yeah, I mean, I know it was yeah a late year release. It's apparently, I mean, it's doing gangbusters, um, so it might stick around. A little longer. Is it the first movie to top Last Jedi? Kick Last Jedi out of first place? I think so. Um, yeah, and I think it was one of those... It, it, I was surprised, again, like especially when they timed it for that release. I'm like, they're just dumping this movie because oh, yeah. it's coming out like five days after... Because I think it was even like a midweek release. So it was like the, mm-hmm. Wednesday, it might have been. the Wednesday following <clears throat> Star Wars. And I'm like, no one's going to see this freaking movie. <laughs> like it'll make some money because it'll appeal to kids and it'll appeal to certain people, but um, I think with the holidays, I, th- I mean, the one hand, I think so many people had seen, for instance, they had seen Star Wars already. Some people had seen it two or three times. So the holiday break comes. A lot of people are off school. A lot of people are off work. So the families take the kids. It's very family friendly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, other other people, not necessarily just families, but. Like, word of mouth starts to get out, like, oh, you'll enjoy this, whatever. And, like, after New Year, the New Year hits and everything, like, it's it's still going pretty steady. Like, it's making good money for being out for a month already. And I do think part of it was, generally, I think, The Last Jedi people are coming out very divisive as far as word of mouth. People either hate it or they love it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hurting the movie a little bit. Jumanji, I haven't heard people come out of that movie not liking it. It feels like word of mouth for that movie is very positive, which I think is helping it win these weekends. and be steady and constant in the box office where Last Jedi seems like it's falling off. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, and I'm surprised they got it in a movie that's definitely geared for kids, but there are some really funny fucking gags with Jack Black yeah. being a woman in a guy's body. Yeah. They play that to the extent that they definitely can for a kid's movie, and even a couple jokes that I think probably went too far for some kids, but as adults, it's fucking hysterical. Yeah. With, but, Fair enough. But you know what? They they handle it tastefully enough where they they knew they needed to make the... They wanted to make the joke. They knew they needed to toe the line. And they found a way to still make the joke funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anything else for this one? Andy, was this on your list four? Oh, yes. Okay. Um. All right, so we'll loop around to Mike for number six. My number six is Guardians 2. Um, yeah, Guardian. I mean, to me, it was not... It did not live up to my expectations from Guardians 1. 
but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I thought Kurt Russell did a great job. Um, and I don't know, like it, it wasn't, I feel like it sounds like I'm going to speak bad of it, but it, it didn't have the charm that the first movie did, but it still had its funny moments. And I feel like too many of them were revealed in the trailers. Okay. Um, and that said, the scene with Rocket and Yondu's men in the forest, one of the just best scenes they've done. That was hilarious. That was good. And then when Yondu gets his fin back and pretty much destroys everything on that ship all at once, that was incredible. I mean, him and Rocket are in the room. He's just whistling and Rocket's shooting in random directions. And they're just killing everybody. And, of course, Taserface (laughs) (laughs) has to go out last. Um, they, They had some really awesome sequences. And Mantis was an interesting ad. I didn't feel like they did anything particularly wrong. I just feel like my expectations were higher because of how good the first one was. Yeah, I'll agree to that. That's yeah. I guess sort of why it didn't make my list, but yeah, because I only gave it honorable mention. Um, I'm expecting this to hit other people's lists, so I I feel like I'm probably in the minority there. It's a little higher on mine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly, it, it's another case for me. This is a really tough year. I feel like. Honestly, the top seven on my list, I could just jumble up and be happy with whatever place ended up up wherever it wound up. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. So, but Guardians was... (sighs) I, I just, I don't know. I liked every aspect of it, and I try to find things to complain about, and I just can't. (laughs) <clears throat> Andy, anything to add? Uh, this is also 9, number 6. Yeah, oh, alright, well that makes it easy. Anything else you want to chime in on for the movie? Uh, I, I really enjoyed the Sylvester Stallone original... What were they, the original Guardians or something? The Ravagers. Mm-hmm. Ravagers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he had a fun little bit part. Yeah, it it still seems like they want to try and expand on that just based on, like, the scenes that they're in, but... Yeah, we'll see if he shows up in the next one. Yeah. Um, Alright, so we'll probably come back to this because it's going to make Josh's list at some point. So we'll move on to Josh's number six. Uh, my number six, uh, we've already talked about is Wonder Woman. Um, okay. I mean, I, a couple things that maybe I didn't say before, but yeah, I guess I agree with the third act issues. Um, everything up until the last 20 minutes is astounding. Uh, just the execution of the last 20 minutes and maybe a couple of story choice tweaks um, could have made it even that, you know, could have turned it up to 11, so to speak. Um, But a lot of what was said before was 
absolutely i agree with i i chris pine and the interaction the chemistry between him and gal gadot was absolutely perfect you know i don't know how many other people they maybe screen tested or or did you know like had considerations for or or did chemistry tests between but they worked so well where you you had that idea like obviously there was sexual tension there was attractiveness or whatever which goes to a certain point you know at as as the story plays out but it wasn't the over it wasn't the thing that overshadowed their relationship it wasn't the thing that defined it yeah and that was important for the character i think just to not become it didn't relegate her back to just being the love interest of a man she still needed to be the standalone hero um and the one you still cared about and it was really really well done so yeah it that, made it a little higher on mine that casting goes back a little ways at least because that picture in batman vs superman does have chris pine in it true uh, um yeah so... i think they had him cast for the movie before like that was like right after he got cast they Right. did that to put that little Easter egg in, in the movie. Yeah. It, but it, it, so they did it long enough ago. But the, again, it, to me, I don't know. I hate to keep bragging on it when everybody else liked it. But <laughs> um, to me, the, it, it felt, I'm trying to think of a good term for it, but it felt like a superhero movie out of place with today's superhero movies um in that the way the plot plays out especially what you're talking in the third act and everything um it felt like it belonged 20 years ago as a superhero movie it felt like it fit more into the toby Maguire spider-man original x-men series era of superhero movies to me i kind of feel like that's the point though like, Zack Snyder was making modern-day, gritty, you know, to his point of view, superhero movies. That wasn't working for DC. They want to do something different. Wonder Woman definitely feels like Golden Age superhero, and I think that's the point. I, I don't mean Wonder Woman herself. I, I, I just mean... I, I understand what you're saying. It, it just... I don't know. I felt... I felt like it was not as good by today's standards as we think of superhero movies now. I feel like 20 years ago would have blew my mind as a superhero movie. And But today, with my standards being higher, okay. I feel like I feel like this is the reverse effect of why Guardians is only number six on my list. Is You go in knowing Zack Snyder, knowing what the last several movies have been, and you're expecting to be kind of like, all right, we'll get through this. And then it's not half bad. And I feel like it has that over-achieving effect on it. Okay. I'm with you. Um, anything else we want to add for Wonder Woman? No. I think we've covered that pretty good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Alright, so my number six is another one we covered already. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So I don't know if I really have anything to add since we I think we covered it pretty good earlier. But one more round for Spider-Man Homecoming. Anybody got anything to add? Meh. Uh, (laughs) i i will say i don't know why like as a spoiler this did not make my list um i was surprised when i put everything together um again not an indication that i didn't enjoy it immensely and i liked a ton 
about it. Um, I think it keeps going back to what people keep saying, which is this was a tough year because there was a massive slate of incredible movies made this past year. Um, it probably easily, you know, I, maybe to Mike's, you know, Mike or, Mike or Andy's point a minute ago that like you could take your, you know, maybe top five or top seven, put them in a blender and however they shake out, that's fine. I feel like yeah. my like, you know, maybe 10, 11 and 12 through 15 could have been the same thing. Like everything could have tied for like 10th place. And, uh, this probably would have landed there, but, um, yeah, just, just my two cents. Everything, everyone else already said about it, all the strong points. Yeah, same thing. Fair enough. Uh, coming back to Mike for number five. Uh, my number five has also been talked about, War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Uh, anything you want to add for that one? No, I think we covered it pretty good. Okay. Uh, so we'll go to Andy's number five. My number five was the um, Disney's remake of The Beauty and the Beast. Oh, ah, okay. Yes. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed it very thoroughly. Thought uh, the castings were pretty good. Yeah, I think that made buttloads for Disney. That was a good <laughs> movie for them. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that, that made the billion dollar club, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, that that was big money. Um. Yeah, I agree. The casting was great. Um, it it was a fun movie to watch. It was. It really was. Wasn't sure what to think of it going in, you know, but uh, it it really kind of took me away with it. It definitely gets yeah, me. Like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I feel like Disney's definitely just looking for cash grabs on stuff they've done before. Like, there's really no reason this movie should have been remade, other than we like money. <laughs> well, but it, it worked, so I can't really complain. I was gonna say it gets me on board for the live action versions of some of their movies that they've done. You yeah, know, like I I'm think... looking forward to Aladdin, and I want to see what Favreau does with Lion King and all the stuff they're trying to punch out. Yeah, like it, it 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 brings me fully on board for that. So, I think that's what they're trying to head towards, and that's why they're remaking it is to do these live action versions. And show what they're capable of now. Yeah. Like, Aladdin, I will be their opening night. 100%. I will be... Like, I wasn't for this. It's Beauty and the Beast. I'm not... You know, I wasn't a little girl that fell in love with this <laughs> when I was a kid. But Aladdin, yeah, I will be there day one. As will my wife just beating down the door to get in to see Aladdin <laughs> live version. So, and in how good this was, I think, plays to that. Yeah. Well, it's stuff that I guess they could really only get away with in animation back then that now special effects are where the point where they can get away with all this stuff and do it believably that it, it works. Mm-hmm. I will shed a tear when the genie's not Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I'll be... Yeah, I'm curious to see what Will Smith does with that. He's the genie, right? Didn't they cast him as a genie? I believe I so. so. Okay. We'll see if he does a rap or if he actually tries to sing. <laughs> My my hope um, for the other live actions is if you go back and start with Cinderella a couple years ago, and even if you look at, like, Maleficent, um, like, obviously, Maleficent was not necessarily a remake of... Uh, it, was, it was effectively Sleeping Beauty, yes, but it wasn't necessarily like, just a remake of a previously animated movie. What my 
biggest issue with Beauty and the Beast was it, it, aside from a few little things, it effectively was literally like a beat for beat, line for line, live action version of a cartoon that already existed. Yeah. And while as in, you know, I know a lot of people in, in, enjoyed a lot about it, I'm hoping that they do, I hope they go back somewhat to a little different formula where they're using this opportunity to do something different with what they have available. So, uh, like, Aladdin could be really cool, unless it's just a scene-for-scene remake of a cartoon. Same thing with Lion King. I didn't really think that the Jungle Book was anything special. It was interesting to watch because, again, of the effects, but it didn't do anything in the same way that I don't really feel that Beauty and the Beast did anything. It was a different yeah. medium, and they had really cool tools available, but it didn't necessarily do anything different for Beauty and the Beast. Um, the one I'm actually looking forward to the most is Mulan. Uh, I forgot they were doing that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's either at the end of this year or next year. I think Lion, maybe Lion King and that are like the next two on the slate, I think. Um, so if they use the opportunity to do something interesting and kind of different i don't want to just go and see aladdin as people i want to see the story of aladdin with a lot of the familiar things that i know about the cartoon but different enough um at least for for me like if the next if the next product that they do is very much like a carbon copy of the cartoon again i'll probably slither out of the theater going audience for them and like, we'll wait for streaming or Redbox or something. Um, but if they, like I said, use that opportunity to, you know, to use your word from earlier, Brian, to elevate, um, you know, then they do have that available. For Aladdin and the Lion King, so long as the songs stay the same, I'm fine. They (laughs) They can change the story up here and there, but the songs, got to be the same that's true i might i i agree with you both on on both points I'd, I'd like to see something a little bit different just to you know sort of give a reason for a remake instead of just remaking the same thing in live action but yeah my guy agree you grew up with those songs you need to hear those songs they they happen at certain parts of the movie where you just have to hear them again <laughs> that's why i'm going yeah i mean like you know <laughs> like get to see this in the theater again get the songs again you know that's what i'm there for Sounds good. Um, all right, so we'll go to Josh's number five. Um, this was, I think, like number maybe three on my anticipation list, and it definitely did not disappoint. I love it. I could watch it a lot. Um, I don't know if that says anything about me because it's really effed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Belco experiment. And to confirm, that was your number three. Yeah. For most anticipated. I enjoyed the Belco experiment. It was, there was a lot about it that was potentially, you know, it was arguably unoriginal in certain aspects. You could make parallels to other themes and general ideas from other movies easily. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But there was something about it where it was very just straightforward, unapologetic. It was very quick. There wasn't, you know, the the idea was... There's, like, survival of the fittest, go. And there wasn't, like, a whole lot of dead time. There wasn't lapsed time. Um, 
there were minor time gaps. So the whole thing is mostly taking place in kind of real time. And you don't really have the opportunity to pull yourself out of the story. There's not a, a lot where, you know, if the idea is in in a very short amount of time, you know, again, this is not a spoiler. This is in the, the previews. This is the premise. In a very short amount of time, a lot of people in a very closed space are not going to be alive anymore. You don't get a moment to escape from that mood, from that idea. Pressure. Yes. It's pressure. Yes. And they kept it on very well. Um, so I could probably put, put this on, you know, once a month and it would take a while to, to get, you know, bored of it. I'd agree with that. It, it, it didn't make my list or anything, but mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it as, you know, a cool idea for a horror movie and executed well enough. I wasn't disappointed by it in any way it was exactly what i expected it to be and that was a cool fun gore fest yeah um which i think if i'm looking quickly i think james gunn not james i'm sorry his brother sean gunn is the only actor who appears in two different movies on my list so obviously this one in guardians then I will leave the suspense for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually have to... that That's not the case for me, because uh, Adam Driver was in Logan Lucky, so that he... Spoiler alert! <laughs> Star Wars might make my list. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less from you, Mike. Yeah. So I'm assuming no one else... Well, Mike did, but uh, I'm assuming Brian and Andy don't have any editions yes i did Falco. not see this one nope <laughs> well i have it on the home video so <laughs> it's part it's part of my home video collection josh believe me if i ever go on a horror kick for some weird fucking reason <laughs> i'll be going through you oh yeah we sarah and i can be your uh avatar guides through that world yeah i'll certainly help where i can <laughs> <laughs> i have the old stuff they like the the OG Last House on the Left is one that if you're gonna start your horror oh, stuff, you geez. gotta that... you gotta start with that one. <laughs> that's that's like, hey, I've never had a drink. Let me try absinthe. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. sounds like a good place to start. See, I I would trust Josh more to like ease me into it. Like, you, I feel like you're just throwing you're all the be... hard shit at me right at you're the, right be the start. Toes into some hot lava. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So nothing else for this one. Probably not. No. No, okay. Uh, so we'll move on to my number five, which I'm assuming this movie will be higher on uh, most of your lists. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is my number five. Um, what can we say about this one? We haven't said in the review. It's it's fucking great. It's probably Marvel's funniest to date. I could watch a whole movie with Korg, and I <laughs> yeah. hope we get that. I will be power watching this movie when it makes it to Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's colorful. It's great to look at. The action stuff is awesome. Bear Hulk I, ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> More of that, less of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I. if you haven't seen it, definitely check this one out, because this is by far the best Thor movie, one of the best Marvel's done, I think. And yeah. it's just hilarious. A- yeah. Andy, I, they Andy did give... you make it to this one? Oh yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I would have felt like personally I would have I would have felt bad for you 
if if, <laughs> if you hadn't, because it's so damn delightable. Yeah, it, it it it's higher on my list, and I'll be happy to speak more about it when we get there. Yeah, I, I actually I wanted to put it higher, but considering the other stuff that I have at the top of my list, I I couldn't I know, squeak it in there. So I that know was the just feeling. Where it ended up. I know the feeling. I've been saying that. How long have we said that this year? It's just yeah. so damn good, and it's so tough <laughs> to fit. So stuff I'm in. I'm I'm with you guys. I feel like my top five, you could jumble around, and any one would be fine. But at the time that I made the list, this is where they fell. Um. So I'm assuming we'll talk about this again. So I don't know how much we want to dwell on it now. We can always come back to it. Uh. So we'll go to Mike's number four. My number four is Baby Driver. Ooh. Um. Enjoyed the hell out of this movie, start to finish. Um, I don't feel like there was a bad performance in there. I feel like everybody did a fantastic job. Um, the only one that I, I would say is I still have a tough time finding John Hamm threatening at all. <laughs> um, I can just, I can agree to that. Yeah, like that's the only one. Like Jamie Fox was as menacing as ever. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey played. I mean, it's a role that Kevin Spacey's played many times. True. But he's damn good at it. There's a yeah. reason why Kevin Spacey plays that role. Yeah. I, I was um, a little disappointed that John Bernthal wasn't in it more. I agree. Well, it, I, I was, I was start disappointed of it, I thought just, like, he was surprised. Be it seemed present more. Yes. Yes. Because of all people that could be a threatening criminal... John Bernthal is more threatening than any of them just by his general nature. That's why it's Shane and the Punisher. Like, it, yeah. it's it's part of him. But um, this was my first experience with Ansel Elgort, mm -hmm. and he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, I don't know the name of the actor that was his, like, adopted grandfather mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, that The two of them worked so damn well together. In an unexpected <laughs> chemistry that they had going on on screen, um, and yeah, yeah, like I I could talk about it for ages, but I'll let I'll stop and let you guys go ahead. Uh, Andy, did you get to this one? No, it's on my list number four. Okay, this this uh, is definitely one that I think you'll enjoy. It's it's it was like a surprise. Like I don't. This was like Atomic Blonde for me. Like I had no idea it was going to exist until I saw the first trailer in like March or April, and I was like, "Oh, holy crap! I want to see that now." Um, it's really, really friggin' good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much resigned to see anything Edgar Wright directs. True. Um. And I'm pretty sure I think, I, I never went back and listened, but I think when we did Most Anticipated of this year, I didn't put this on my top ten because there was no trailer or anything for it, but I remember hearing this was coming, and I think I at least mentioned it, like, hey, keep your eye on this because this could be pretty good, just because Edgar Wright's involved. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, we're not at my number four, but this also made my number four is Baby Driver, because I, I fucking love this. <laughs> I, the, even just from a creative standpoint, like, editing this movie to a lot of the musical uh, soundtrack. Yeah. And I'll be damned if you watch this movie and do not immediately go out and buy the soundtrack after you watch it. <laughs> cause I've, I had those songs stuck in my head right after seeing the movie that I had to, I had to download it and listen to it. Cause it was great. I threw it up on Spotify. Yeah. Something about watching a gunfight cut, cut to, cut to tequila. <laughs> you, you can't go back to it. Uh, the chemistry between Ansel and, um, 
oh the actress I'm, i i now i feel like a dick and like rude that i can't remember her name because i really enjoy her she was in that well i mentioned cinderella earlier she was in that she was in pride and prejudice and zombies um ah oh, frick what was her name the, his, is it lily something why do i want to uh, say lily something? yeah you know you're right lily james okay okay yeah uh her character deborah they um they played so well off each other they were a good a good yeah mix yeah, you wanted them to succeed together. Yeah. And the other thing we haven't mentioned is, it, it, and it goes by the wayside a little bit in this because of how good everything else is, the chase scenes were freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, the driving sequences are really, oh really God. expertly directed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was very impressed with that from the beginning because, I mean, that's really the, the way this movie opens is with a chase. And some and... of it seems like, as much as, like, Keanu Reeves does, like, his choreography for the action sequences in John Wick, it seems like Ansel did a lot of the driving for this, too. Oh, cool. Seems like. Yeah, I'd have At to... least they cut it that way. Like, there's a yeah. couple shots where you, like, it's a, it's a, not a long shot, but the camera sits on him coming around the corner, and you see him slide up to the camera. So he definitely made the turn in the car and slid it out right to be in frame for the camera. So that's him driving some of those stuffs. Some mm-hmm. of the burnouts he does are definitely him. Yeah. yeah so, some of them I would say a professional driver had to do. Yeah. It, but other parts could have very well been him, yeah. And, yeah, just top to bottom. this It's a movie I could watch, kind of like Josh was saying about the Belco experiment. I could watch this once a week. And yeah. wouldn't bother me at all. Um... All right, so let's go to Andy's number four. My number four was Wonder Woman. Okay. Anything else we want to add for Wonder Woman? Since this is our third third go round of it. <laughs> no, good to go. Okay. Uh, on to Josh's number four. Um, mine was one of your, uh, I think, honorable mentions, uh, Hidden Figures. Okay. Um, I'm definitely emasculating myself a lot in this episode which is fine i don't really care (laughs) um i have not been moved by a movie as much as i was this in a really long time Um, i think it was really your recommendation i kept hearing you talk a lot about this movie that i was like i gotta check this out now and i was not disappointed i uh i wouldn't say i necessarily saw it on a whim because it like when i started seeing the previews in like late 2016 because this was an early year release i think this was Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it actually may have formally been released at the end of 2016 because it was part of the award season of 2017. Um, but like the wide release, I think was early January 2017. So it was one of the first movies of the year that I saw in the first couple of weeks. And I, I think I might have even made a comment somewhere either on the Facebook uh, or on the podcast Facebook page or on my personal one about seeing it, you know, that basically said, like, I know I found the first contender for my favorites for the year already. And yeah, it held up all throughout the year. You know, as, as as amazing of a year as this was that we keep saying, it still hit my number four. Um, It's, it's just, it's so inspiring yet sad for certain reasons um, because of the history and because of the, the, the trueness 
you know, of the characters portraying these real people. Um, but I mean, like, I'll be damned if you don't come out of there. Number one, thinking that, you know, you, it, it's a very aspirational movie. It was one of the things like for 2017 that was a motivator for me. You know, it was something I kept in my back pocket as I can do X, Y, and Z. I can do more. I can try this thing that I don't know if I can know if I can do, but I'm going to try it because why the hell not? Um, it, it, it just, it does all those things. Um, so if, if, if you get a chance, if you're on the fence about it or, or weren't quite sure, I, I don't think it's time wasted at all. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really, really well done. Costner, I think, does a really good job. The three leads, I, I can't think of the names of the women that do the three leads, but they were fantastic. Yeah, and I just saw uh, the one is a Taraji Taraji or Taraji Henson. She was just uh, in Proud Mary that just came out. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I saw that. That was pretty fun. Um, Octavia Spencer was also. Oh no, I lied. She she was the other another actor who was in two movies on my list because she was in Shape of Water also. Okay. Um, she's in it, and then the other one is a. Uh, Jan- Janelle Monet, who I'm not as familiar with, but um, yeah, I don't. From what I learned, I don't think she's actually primarily an actress. I think she was actually a more of a music performer, if I understood right yeah, from okay. what people told me. Um, but in this, she actually she crushes it. The the yeah. three of them together, they're friends, but they're the way that they fit into everything is actually kind of separate. Um. But it's just, yeah, it's just all around really powerful, really good. Uh, Mike or Andy, did you guys see this one at all? No. Nope. Is this on your list, Andy? Uh, nope, don't list? know what it is. Okay. Do you want to summarize, Josh, for Andy? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with it at all, if you remember any of the previews, it's the story of three women who were part, three black women who were part of nasa's operations in the 60s uh during the height of the space race and they actually end up being extraordinarily vital to the success of the space race and where nasa goes from there like them individually and personally um one of the women who i think it might i think it might be octavia spencer's character if i'm wrong about that i think it's tereji henson's character um I think just passed away in the last couple of years and before his second term was up, um, was awarded, uh, oh crap. It's not the cool. It, it, it's that honor that the, the president can give civilians like the highest civilian honor that a, a president can give a civilian, um, pre- presidential medal of freedom. That's what it is. Um, he gave it to this woman, just a couple of years ago, you know, like 50 some years after this incredible work that they did. Um, and the, the, the thing that about it when I came out was it, it definitely, it wants you, you want to see more stories like this. It makes it very apparent that there's a lot of history in the last century of the United States that is just not told. It's just not emphasized. We don't learn about it. The 1900s are not really emphasized in, you know, primary school and throughout high school. And there's individual stories like this. Like, it reminds me of, like, the watching the imitation game. 
like learning the history of Alan Turning and his role and those other engineers roles in like British operations in World War Two. Like it, you almost wonder, like, how the hell do I not know this already? Why are these people not better known? Why why is this not celebrated? And it just yeah. like really creates a thirst to want more of that. Well okay. done. Um, right. So we move on to my number four. We already talked about was Baby Driver. I don't really have too much to add. I think we covered that pretty well. So we'll go back around to Mike's number three. My number three is Thor Ragnarok. Um, again, feel like we covered that well. So I'll pass along. Fair enough. Also, uh, my number three. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> you guys are matching up pretty good on a couple of these. And by a couple of these, I only mean two. <laughs> <laughs> it counts as a couple. Yeah, yeah, it still it still works. Uh, so, Josh, your number three. My number three is the first of what also landed on my surprise list, uh, which is Logan. Um, okay. going back to my anticipation list, uh, Logan wasn't even on it and yeah, there, you know, there, there was a lot of, you know, obviously bad taste in my mouth from a, a, an inconsistent performance and delivery of X-Men movies. Yes. And inconsistent is a good word. <laughs> Logan, <laughs> you know, Logan was this obvious wild card knowing it's going to be the last Hugh Jackman, it's it's rated R, you know, are they just going to pull it over the top too much? Is it, you know, there was just not enough to go on to really be confident. And out of anything this year, it is definitely the one that I will say I was absolutely wrong about. It um, was everything that, you know, a... a I don't say even like a comic book movie, but it was like, like everything that a movie could be, uh-huh. you know, it, it really, a lot of parallels and comparisons I think were made to the dark Knight with it, um, in how grounded it was and how earnest it was like set in reality. Um, you know, tr- treat it 100% like it's real. Is there a guy with a, a metal skeleton with these metal claws and the, you know, another guy that can, read minds and, and potentially, you know, accidentally kill people from, you know, thousands of miles away. Yes. If you assume that, treat that as real and go. And it, yeah, without that context, it really would fall flat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and it's sort of like with the dark Knight, right? If, if we just assume it's real, just assume it's real and, and make what it would be if it was real. That's what Logan did. Um, and it was just everything about it. Just absolutely, absolutely well done. I can't disagree at all. Um, Logan appears higher on my list. As Um, it does mine. (laughs) (laughs) I agree also. (laughs) So I I think there's not enough I could say about how surprised I was with this movie as well. Um, I think if we look back to old podcasts at that time before we saw this, I probably said some very poor things coming out of Apocalypse <laughs> towards this movie. Um, and now it just top to bottom, yeah, I they, they killed it here. There were the relationship between 
Logan and X-23 was entirely unique in so many ways for what movies have told before. And I feel like, you know, yeah, they've told the man with the little girl and stuff before. We've all seen The Professional. But it's it was entirely different because he didn't speak Spanish. And, it, you know, like, they couldn't really communicate. But they still, they touched into the character and they touched into something that you didn't really expect in that primal ability to communicate that would be present between them within the comics that somehow still just managed to translate on screen so damn well. And just everything. Yeah, like, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, but I'm sure Andy, Brian? Uh, go ahead, Andy. Uh, that, I mean, that was the most fun I think I've had in the movies in quite a few years seeing Logan. That's um, a good review. I have not seen it a second time yet, but I can't imagine it doesn't still hold up very well. It was honestly, it was one I was hesitant to watch again because of how heavy it was for a superhero movie. Yeah. Once I watched it a second time, I wanted to watch it a third time. I wanted to watch it a fourth time. Okay, that's it just kinda, took getting over that, that hump. Yeah, I, I was, I've been hesitant to watch it again because I liked so fucking much when I saw it the first time that I've been like, maybe I was wrong. You know, just like this little <laughs> part of me is like, maybe I won't like it as much the second time. But Yeah, I agree with all that. I Honestly, if... Even, as heavy as it is, I feel like if I have to choose any of the X-Men movies to watch, this is the one I'm going to gravitate towards and want to put in. Yeah. Oh, I There's agree 100% on that. Something about it. it just They just nailed it so perfectly. It's a great end cap for Hugh Jackman. Regardless of what they do with Wolverine in the future, this is the, the greatest way for him to have his last movie go. If if nothing else, if they even if, if they crapped the bed on every aspect of this movie except the last shot where she turns that cross down to an X... I'm done. That's it. It's it's well, absolutely fine. I will be completely honest when I say this this year there was three moments in movies that actually caught me in the theater and had me like fight back a tear. <laughs> um that was the strongest one of the three. Um the other was just like that initial moment at Spider-Man Homecoming when the Marvel thing comes on and you, they actually play the Spider-Man <laughs> song. <laughs> that got me a little bit because it was just like it's been so long we've been waiting for that to happen where people that give a damn about the character are writing the movie. Um, and the third one is uh, in my number one. So I'll talk about <laughs> it then. <laughs> Building anticipation. There you go. Um, Alright, so what were we on? That was Josh's number three. So, alright, so we're on my number three. My number three might be a little bit lower than some people are expecting, but it's The Last Jedi. Mm. It did not make... It's, it's a Star Wars movie that did not make my number one, which I think is going it's, against every other favorite two years in a row. Done. And that was the second no, year in a row. Yeah, last uh, year our rival yeah, was the rival beat out... Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I totally forgot Rogue about one. my list last year. Yes. Yeah, um... Again, there's nothing... I really bad I can say about this movie. I think Mike and I covered it. I mean, Andy was there for about half of it, and then we talked way too long after Andy left for <laughs> yeah. the review. Um, but yeah, obviously, I loved it. I, I think there's a lot more to gain with repeat viewings of this movie. Um, 
Ryan Johnson did a lot of different stuff with Star Wars. It seems to not be sitting well with a lot of people, and I do think it deserves seeing it at least twice before you really make up your mind. Do not think you hate it after the first time, because I sort of felt that way too. And it took multiple viewings before I accepted what was happening, and they didn't do what I wanted, and they did their own thing, and their own thing is good, and I really like what they did. Um, it takes a lot of left turns, so if you're going into an experience with, I don't know, wanting to be surprised, I think it definitely succeeded that way. Um, there may be a couple slow sections, I will admit to that, um, but I do think they all serve a purpose. It might not be something you enjoy or you you agree with, but they're in there for a reason, and I can vouch for every reason they pick and they, they the moves that they make in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get bogged down on it because I feel like it's Star Wars. <laughs> I, could, I could continually talk about Star Wars, so if anyone else wants to chime in, now I, is your time. I'll defend the movie briefly um, because there is a lot of hate for it. Um, out there for it seems like very unfounded reasons to me Um, most of it is people wanted answers and answers and answers in the middle movie of a trilogy um, this, well they got some answers it's just answers they don't like so well, there's also the problem yeah. there, there's answers <laughs> they don't like there's answers they didn't get and there's it, it, there's all a lot to it but it's the middle movie of a trilogy so the the, the point I'm getting at is the, the answers you're not getting, you might get later. Um, so we didn't get an answer on certain things, but how long did it take to get answers on who people were from the first movie? Uh, or for the from the original trilogy? You know, we, we didn't get any stories about where Darth Vader, Palpatine came from, or who Darth Vader's mother was. or We didn't get any of that stuff from the original trilogy until more than 20 years later. So, to expect that in the second movie of this trilogy, not knowing what their future plans are, I feel like, yeah, it would have been nice to get some answers and see some things like that, but it's also, again, they have an entire other movie to tell, and they also have From Here Till Eternity to fully explain things. Um, yeah, you sort of gotta look at this as, like, look at the original trilogy and just look at A New Hope and Empire. That's where we're at with this movie. Yeah. So there's some revelations that happen in Empire that has no background. There's no explanation. You don't know if it's the truth, if it's lies. You're there. You're waiting for Return of the Jedi to come out to find answers. And even when Return of the Jedi comes out, like you were saying, no, there's no background for the Emperor. He's just a dude that's there, and he's an adversary. So. Mm -hmm. And even going into Return of the Jedi, Luke has to ask Yoda if it was the truth about Vader right. being his father. Like it's. You know, they even solidify it again by saying it was the truth. So, for that question that's out there, for those who have seen it, maybe the answer isn't what was said in this movie. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. Um, and as far as my third tear-jerking moment goes, it was at the end of this movie. Um, for those who have seen it, it involves Luke in... A pretty cool twist. We'll say it at that. Yeah, that's that's good. I'll let that slide. Um, <clears throat> Josh, I don't know if we ever actually talked about it. What what you thought of the, of Last Jedi? I'm assuming it didn't make your list. It, it did not. Um, but not because I didn't like it. Um, I mean, last last year Rogue One made my list. I think it was like number seven or eight or something. Um, so I can't en enjoy them enough. Um. I, For the record, number seven. Was it seven? So, like, the thing is, I, 
am on board with with you know a lot of what you said too was uh they they weren't afraid to make a lot of left turns um obviously it's not just Ryan Johnson writing a script making a movie he writes a story outline 58 people give their input and have to approve it before it moves forward then he writes a draft script and then 700 people read it and give notes and tell him, you know, things you have to change, et cetera, et cetera. Point being, there were a lot of people who had to sign off on the end product so many times along the way that it wasn't just one person's choice. So enough people liked the ideas being put forward that they wanted that to be the thing that got presented. Um, and they weren't afraid to make decisions that they enjoyed knowing that it wasn't just a fan service movie. Um, and I appreciated that there was certain aspects to it that I'm probably not in the minority. Like some, a lot of things that a lot of people didn't enjoy. I probably didn't think were the, like the strongest points about it either, but overall, no, I thought it was, you know, perfectly entertaining. Okay. Uh, and I will say, it gave one of the coolest sequence shots that any movie last year at all put in. And oh, yes. it's specifically the one where a particular vessel goes to light speed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the coolest movie-making choices that has been done in a long time. Yeah, and that uh, that that alone was a a, a a unique and really cool standout moment. I think it's something to be said about the movie in general is just how pretty it was to watch. The movie yeah. was gorgeous. The planets they go to, all that stuff, beautiful. Um, some of the scenes again, amazing. Um, Andy, you got anything to add? Since you we didn't we cut you out at the end of that review. Anything you want to come back around to for this one? No. Okay. <laughs> he said his piece. <laughs> yeah, if you want to listen to just more overall thoughts, there's like a over three hour podcast we did <laughs> on the review for this one, so it's longer than the movie. So <laughs> if you want to, if you want to listen to that one, it's it's out there. Um. All right. So coming around to Mike's number two, Logan. Okay. Uh. So we already talked about that one, Andy. Your number two. My number two was The Last Jedi. Okay. Uh, so that puts us at... This is this is the rapid-fire mode. We're all sort of <laughs> hitting movies we already talked about. Uh, Josh, you're number two. Well, it was Thor, of course. <laughs> uh, this was definitely... This was my second on my surprise list. Uh, again, something that I don't think was on my top ten uh, for anticipation. Uh, if it was, it was really low. Um, nope, wasn't even on there. Um, uh, again, something I will admit was I was wrong on, but given the history of track record of Thor movies, um, you know, I think it's very understandable why. Um, but this was one of the most just damn enjoyable movies that I've seen in a long friggin' time. Yeah. Um, alright, so my number two we talked about was Logan. Uh, so we'll come around to Mike's number one. Last Jedi. 
Yeah, not really surprising. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't feel like it would be a surprise. <laughs> uh, Andy, number one, Logan. Oh, there okay. you go. Nice poll, nice poll. Uh, Josh, number one. I think this is the first year, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first year where my number one anticipated met my number one of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, That's true. It, everyth- it was everything I wanted it to be. It was the fun that I needed. Um, I may or may not have become completely enamored with that soundtrack and uh, that uh, sequence that was talked about earlier Same with Yondu and Sorry. yeah the the sequence <laughs> yeah talked about earlier with with Yondu and Rocket um the song that plays during that by uh Jay and the Americans I I probably have listened to that song six dozen times <laughs> since the, I saw this movie and I've actually added it to and have since performed it uh at a karaoke event so it <laughs> nice. uh it, it's it's just everything that I wanted. And I was, oh, my absolute two favorite, maybe two or three favorite characters of any movie that I saw all last year, Yondu, Rocket, and honestly, Craglin, Sean Gunn's character. Okay. There are emotional beat moments that you get with those characters. The, the, the moment where, towards the end, Sean Gunn's character says to Peter Quill after he's given something by Peter Quill, and he just simply says, "Thanks, yeah, <laughs> Captain." Was touching that. Mo- I don't. I don't know why. Like he hit the strain on his voice in just the right way. Where I was like, "Holy crap!" Sean Gunn is a great actor. Um, just everything about it. Loved it. Sounds good. Uh, so my number one uh, is actually Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Wow. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I, I think when Josh and I reviewed it, I was glowing about the movie. It's, it's one of those movies that has stuck with me since then. I actually didn't pick it up this week when I hit video, but I definitely want to buy it because I've been itching to watch it since I saw it in the theater and I saw it twice and I still really liked it. I think it, it fits the Blade Runner aesthetic very well. Like I said, I was trying to argue a little bit against Mike, but I thought the story (laughs) and the twist and everything worked for me. I was on board for all that. I think it was really well done. Denny V knows how to direct a damn movie. Arrival <laughs> was my number one last year. He hit me again this year. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm starting. I'm gonna have to start looking for whatever he does and start checking his shit out because he's getting me on some of these movies. He's doing Dune next. Oh, that's he's right. He's doing a remake of Dune. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And I just heard um, uh, from another show recently. He turned down. Apparently, he was offered the next James Bond movie and turned it down to make Dune. Dune yeah, is I, a I very beloved book series, so it might be iffy territory. Yeah, and it yeah. could go, you know, a good way or it could go a bad way, like the Dark Tower. You know, right. it could be the wrong step for that that thing, but I don't know. Well, I feel like a lot of people said the same thing about Blade Runner, too. Like, nobody wanted to tackle Blade Runner. Yeah. And I think the, ba- the only reason he did it is because he didn't want someone else to fuck it up. <laughs> that's, I think he nailed that's it. That's a good reason. A really good job. Um, all right, so I know we got to cut Andy loose because we're we went a lot longer than I expected us to. Um, so Andy, let's get to your last couple of lists. You have disappointments, disappointments, and surprises. You want to hit us with any? 
Uh, I was surprised by my like of Boss Baby with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> like, who expected to like that? Um, <laughs> okay. But he's just sassy enough as a baby that I enjoyed it and actually had a little bit of uh, um, feels towards the end of that. Um, American Assassin was pretty solid. I liked that movie a lot. Okay. Um, didn't make the list, though. And then I have a list called The Bad Ones, the ones that I didn't like. Um, the Circle <laughs> was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, the mummy uh, for something that was supposed to spin this whole dark universe thing, it thought it fell excruciatingly flat. And yeah, that was I know bad. you guys liked it, but I fucking hated Power Rangers. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it actually made my surprises because I just didn't think it was the dog shit that I sort of kind of <laughs> thought it was going to be. So I can, um, go, go and on. then I'll I have oh, sorry, more yeah. of my fourth list here if you guys want to hear it but <laughs> you're gonna rapid fire yeah okay ready great wall goes in the shell transformers last night oakja bright dunkirk atomic blonde hitman's bodyguard kingdom golden circle geostorm justice league suburbicon murder on the Orient Express. okay <laughs> that was a lot shorter than i expected that list to be <laughs> well we, we already covered a lot of them so yeah yeah i guess it's true yeah yeah all right uh sounds good anything else you want to Wrap up with because I know you got to get going. Um, I don't think so. Um, any of our recommendations are they going to be next on your list of stuff to watch? Uh, we have a lot of these actually uh, on DVD already. Um, yeah. Okay. So Christmas I presents. Just have to find the fucking time to watch them in. <laughs> Did you get a lot of Christmas presents? Is that what those were? Yeah. Nice. Um, real quickly, I guess maybe while Andrew's here, I did, like I did last year, start comparing Rotten Tomatoes ratings based on what you guys picked. Oh, great. So I have the, uh, like the critics rating and the user rating for each of the movies and then average them out based on your 10. Um, so Mike, your critic rating is 90. That's not bad. Your user rating is 82. 90, 82, I'll take it. Andy, it looks like you might have the lowest. <laughs> that was last year, too. <laughs> uh, 69 for critic rating. 75 user rating. 69. <laughs> That's a win. Hit, hit that magic number. Uh, Josh, 73 critic rating. 80 for the user rating. And I got 90 for critic and 83 for user. So I beat Mike by a point. <laughs> Oh, man. What was I, 90 and 82? In 90 and 82, yeah. Damn it. I'll have to read those next time ahead of time so that I can make sure I win. <laughs> I'll just base my top 10 off of those and be like, ha! Ah, <laughs> Pad your numbers a little bit. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, all right, Andy. Uh, if you got anything else, otherwise we'll cut you loose. Yeah. A couple real quick things to wrap up with, so we'll let you go if you got to go. All right, yeah, I got I to gotta check, guys. It was fun. Always. Yep. All right, man. Andy. All right, catch you later. See ya. We'll start chipping away at that list soon. <laughs> yeah, feel free to update us later. Is he gone? He's gone. No, he's still there. Now he's gone. Now he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he just ignored me. It's fine. Um. All right, so we'll go back to Mike for disappointments. Um, I'll put these three in... My order of disappointment. Um, 
Okay. Uh, number three disappointment is the Dark Tower. Um, that's bottom of the list because I almost expected to be disappointed by it, but I was hoping it might turn out the other way. That was one of just the most boring experiences I had watching a movie this year. Um, even as cool as Idris Elba is, it didn't work. Yeah, it was a, a big miss, mis-execution. Yeah. Uh, number two, Kong Skull Island. Um, this was my number three most anticipated movie uh, coming into this year, but just from the monster aspect and everything, I just wanted it to be better. I didn't anticipate it being a fantastic movie. I just wanted to have more fun with it than I did. Yeah. Um, number one is because, God damn it, I wish they had made a better fucking movie out of this. Kingsman Golden Circle. Um, oh, okay. It, 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 I, the first one was so fucking good, and this one just, I don't know, like, it just didn't, it wasn't there for me, it, it like, it, I don't know, it, it didn't hold the same charm. Is it just charm. more, it just didn't, didn't, uh, live up to your expectations type of thing, is that? No, I felt like this was at? actually, like, like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Like, there there were several instances there where it was just like, this is supposed to be just silly fun, and they took some of that out of it. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a silly fun spy flick. And, I don't know, I just, it, it, was, it wasn't there. Like, it needed, I don't know. It needed more Channing Tatum, for one. Him just going into kind of like a coma early on in the movie kind of thwarted what I thought could end up being like a cool buddy comedy kind of thing with him and Taron Egerton. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't anything of what I wanted it to be. And having liked the first one so much, I was really let down by it. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't. I think it was more. It maybe it didn't live up to my expectations either, just because the first one is so good. Um, but it, it doesn't like turn me off from the franchise. Like, I definitely want to see if they do another one. I'm definitely going to be there opening weekend to see it. The, the first one still holds me enough that I'll still be there to go see it for sure. Um, do we want to? Do should we do Mike's surprises, or you want to go, Josh? Your disappointments. Uh, let's stay on the disappointment train. That way, we end on a right. high note. Um, my no in particular order. Um, Kingsman was also on my disappointments list. Uh, uh, I I think for kind of the same reasons. Just just that it didn't hit a mark that I was hoping it would. I didn't dislike it terribly. Just you know, I again I was I was reaching for hoping for the eleven. You know, turn it up to 11 and I got like what I felt was like a seven. And that was, that, that was it. Um, again, just kind of fell short. Um, I agree with Andy. You know, I, I feel bad that one of the movies that Andy actually did get to see this past year was The Circle because he's right. It was absolutely crap. And <laughs> I don't say that lightly. Um, it, it, 
you know, I know that this is a disappointments list. This is not necessarily a bad movies list. Um, it's on disappointments because they did a really good job with the marketing and making it seem like this, like, I don't say like espionage thriller, but the, the, it, it looked way, 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 way better than the end result. Um, if you didn't get around to it, you're not really missing anything. Like by the end, you're like, oh, so they really kind of took an idea and used about 20% of it and then just had other things happening for the other hour and a half and now the movie's over. Okay. <laughs> it, it really, I, again, I, you don't have to, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't have to. You guys are turning me off for this. I, I think I put it in my Amazon queue because I think it's on Prime to watch. And I was like, oh, I'll check this out. If, now I don't know if I want to. If you're not paying for it, go ahead. Really? <laughs> Knock yourself but, out. Yeah. I, again, like, I, it's one that I may have paid a movie ticket for. I happen to be able to see it for free. If I had paid for it, I would have been angry. Um, But... Yeah, it just really, really fell flat. Um, my last is unfortunate to report is Alien Covenant. Um, as far as Alien movies go, again, I think it was one that the previews were designed in such a way that made it look like it was something that that it that it wasn't. Um, the emphasis on or I say the lack of emphasis on, oh, I don't know, aliens. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a fine enough story, but it just wasn't what I was really hoping to get out of an alien movie. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I won't disagree with that. I mean, it's on my own mentions, but. Josh, in rec- retrospect, Alien Covenant was your number eight. I know. And, and Kingsman was number six. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So they one. were both pretty high. And they said they, they it, it's it's not, for those two especially, it's not really a criticism or saying that they were terrible. There was just definitely a particular and just so happened high expectation going in. And, and they just didn't meet it for me. I, I felt like Alien... I think Michael Fassbender did a damn good job again. I was surprised at how good Danny McBride was. Yeah. Um, it's it, and the, the problem, it had its pluses. It just the problem with it was it tried to both be a Prometheus sequel and kind of be an Alien movie, and yeah. it wasn't enough strong of either to be really good. Yeah, I feel like they would have been better had they focused solely on one or the other. Yes. I'll agree with that for sure. So, that's that's my my letdowns for the year. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to my disappointments. I only listed two. I was trying to think of some other ones. And there's some that I didn't put on my list that maybe I had. Uh, you know, I'd seen that I, I walked away from thinking it wasn't great. But then again, some of these movies I went into with not expectations so it didn't really go better or worse than what i thought something like justice league where i was figuring it would be middle of the road and i came out thinking it was middle of the road so uh, it's not a disappointment or surprise it's just there yeah um but i will i agree with mark uh kong skull island for me is a disappointment i it didn't make my anticipated list from last year but 
I felt like they had to do more with that movie to set up, and and maybe they did set up fairly well to connect to Godzilla, but that that whole movie, the story of that movie was so fucking pointless. And considering I don't remember any, we talked about this when I think when we reviewed it, but I don't remember any of the characters' names that are in that movie. I don't remember half the crap that happens in that movie. The the Kong fights itself were cool, but it's just it's not enough to make an enjoyable movie for me. Even so the, the only Vietnam thing from it I remember. Kind of cool. Yeah, the only thing yeah. I remember from it yeah. is the the one Kong fight where he uses the boat propeller. I remember that, and then I remember the name Billy, because everyone talked about that dude's fucking kid. I don't remember the guy's <laughs> name that has the kid, but he they keep they say Billy, I don't know, more times than any other character in the movie, and Billy's not even in the movie. <laughs> Shit like that bugs me. So, yeah, I had issues with that. The other one that disappointed me was Atomic Blonde. Oh. Um... I thought the story was confusing. I thought it was really slow. I think every action sequence that is in that movie is in the trailer. And granted, I can't argue too much because I can't do the stuff that Charlize Theron does in that movie. So I can't bitch about it too much. But when you try to market a movie that is supposed to be like John Wick and you don't live up to the expectations of what John Wick does, like the fight sequences were good and I think they were well choreographed. The problem is I feel like I can see... Charlie's there and counting the moves when she's doing them, like move one, move two, move three. There's a noticeable pause in between her moves, and it's not fluid like Keanu. Just wrecks people, and it looks natural, and he does it so well and quick. Charlie's, I don't know, it, it took away from the, it took me out of the experience thinking that she's choreographing a fight as opposed to just fighting for her life in the movie. If that makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, I had to dock it for that. And, I... I, and again, I... I thought James McAvoy, I think, was was cool. I liked his character and what he was doing in that movie because I didn't know which side he was falling on, and he was kind of crazy and shit. But well, I think in that, I guess like acting wise, it was okay. But sorry, Mike, I keep cutting you off. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that I think part of it for me that I felt was so good was the double twist ending. Um, it, like I we don't spoil. I get that, but it is a double. <laughs> it is a double twist ending. I'm not gonna say what the twists are, but it's a double twist at the ending. And, you know, they lead you through the whole movie to be wondering who's playing what sides. And they manage to actually surprise you twice at the end of the movie. At least me. Yeah, like, I don't know. That, that managed to surprise yeah. me twice. Like, I get that. But instead of being like, oh my god, that's so awesome. I was just like, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, fair. And, and I don't know. It, like, thinking back of, like, what other stuff that was they were trying to set up and what happened earlier in the movie, it just, it didn't hold as much weight for me, it didn't make as much sense, and I was left feeling more confused. And granted, I haven't seen it a second time, so maybe if I watch it again, the story and the twists will work better for me, knowing how it's going to end. But after the first viewing, I had no inkling or urge to go back and watch it again and try to figure it out. I was just like, meh. So, yeah. I think Josh and I might have talked about it on a show before, or if not on the show, definitely just the two of us. But the marketing for that movie... We didn't know that that was a movie that wasn't on anybody's radar, and then the trailers and the marketing for that movie were like, "Oh, this is gonna be fucking awesome!" Oh, so yeah. suddenly it sets a bar for me, and I have expectations. And to me, it just didn't live up to those expectations, so it hit it's, my. Its hype was definitely higher than the quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. it was definitely a big hype, but I felt like it was. I still had a hell of a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. So fair enough, uh, Brian. Since you only gave two i'm gonna use your third slot to also put kong (laughs) there's as well 
for the same reasons. <laughs> so it's going to be funny when we get to Matt and Mike's list because both of them have Kong in the list. <laughs> oh, jeez. So again, it like they they prefaced with they didn't they only saw like less than twenty movies, maybe seventeen or eighteen movies each. So considering you're trying to make a top ten out of seventeen movies, even the crappy ones are probably going to make their way in. That's true. Either that, or they just have other like very different tastes than we do, and they they like shit movies. I don't know. <laughs> and again, we can keep calling this movie shit because they're not here to defend it. So. <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll come back to Mike for surprises. Um, first surprise is Justice League. Um, oh, okay. I put this on my surprises simply because I expected complete dog shit. Um, Fair enough. And I got not bad. You know, I came out of that saying, I thought this was going to be a lot worse than this. And I came out, I still had enjoyed watching it. It's still a movie I'm going to rewatch. You know, like, I feel like it's something I will watch a few times. And still enjoy that. that. Yeah. And I expected it to be something that I would just kind of cast aside and not really care about its existence after seeing it the first time. So, quick question, because it's starting to, I feel like, get some momentum online, whether or not it actually comes of it or not. But, considering Snyder left this movie, and Joss took over, and there are noticeable changes to this movie, do you want to see a Zack Snyder cut? Or are you satisfied with the end product? I, do I want to see it for the cringeworthiness of seeing what, like, I, I would be shocked if Joss Whedon came in and made it worse. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying specifically him. I just feel like there are, I, I feel like there might be story elements that Snyder was setting up between the first two movies he did that he wanted to cap off in this movie that he never got a chance to do. And the story completely changed from what was originally there. I, I'm, I, if it's... And I know there's online petitions to see the Snyder Cut, which we'll probably never get, because I don't see them releasing that, but... I don't see why they wouldn't. Why not? Well, I don't know how much... Because like, it would undercut their own that. credibility of the product that they right. chose to put out. If they just give in to fan demands every time somebody doesn't like something and they want an alternate cut... I don't, I don't know. Extended cut money. is one thing. A completely other cut... Well, that, yeah. But if if the if that's the cut that isn't considered quote-unquote canon for this universe they're setting up. Is it, it worth putting it out there? It may not come with the initial release of the, of the Blu-ray. But when their franchise fails and falls flat on its face in the next few years, because that's coming, um, <laughs> then they're going to need to make some money back from it somehow, and they will go back, do the work, and re-release the Snyder Cut. And it may be five to eight years off, but I bet you we see it eventually. So you okay, but you wouldn't care if we see it one way or the other. Not really, no. Okay, wouldn't wouldn't affect me one way or the other. Um, my other surprise was Leatherface. Um, oh, I never got to see this, Brian. I I know for sure you didn't watch this one. Um, nope, hell no. <laughs> but in this movie, um, honestly, the it, it's. If you take it for what it is, Sam Strike does a fantastic job in the lead role. Um, and the rest of the characters, like Steven Dorff is perfect in the role that he plays. And the other 
the the woman from The Conjuring. It plays the mother. I, I don't know her name. Um, uh, Tessa Farmiga. No, no, no. The woman, oh. the woman that's the mother in The Conjuring, not the woman, oh, that, oh, oh, not Vera gotcha. Farmiga. The she, Lily something or Vera something Farmiga. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of her daughter anyway, so I have the wrong person. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I know who you're talking about now. Um, well, she plays the mother, and essentially, it's a. For those that don't know, this is the origin story of where Leatherface comes from. This is how he becomes Leatherface. Um, and if you don't know who Leatherface is... That's right, if you don't know who Leatherface Texas Chainsaw. is... Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, the big dude that cuts people's faces off and turns them into masks for himself to wear. Um, yeah, Brian's like, yep, that's why I don't watch this movie. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, nothing fine, not seeing nothing that about that sounds appealing. <laughs> um... I watch Beauty and the Beast again. <laughs> As an origin story for a character that we I never honestly expected to see an origin story for. I watched this movie on a lark. You know, it actually holds up as a decent horror film that sends you in a couple directions you don't expect it to. Um, and I think that's a good thing given how predictable it should have been, it didn't turn out to be quite as predictable as it may otherwise have been. Okay. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend seeing this one. If you're into horror movies, check this one out. Don't miss it. Yeah, we, we had wanted to, but it was like limited release for theaters. It wasn't around very long, and so we did not get to it, but we I think we I, will what eventually. I, did was, I watched it at home, and it was like an IFC pay-per-view thing, where it was like, instead of being like the normal $4, it was like $8. Okay. Or something like that. So, I was able to swing that one. Yeah. Because... It's the price yeah. of a movie ticket. Why not? Yeah. And I have a theater, so... There you go. <laughs> What the hell? I just don't have ICs. I can make popcorn. <laughs> I need an icy machine. <laughs> but that's another thing. Uh, was that your last <laughs> surprise, Mike? Yes, I only had two surprises. Okay. Uh, Josh, what were some of yours? Uh, I had mentioned Logan and Thor already. Uh, other two that I jotted down. Um, in stark contrast to Andy's feelings, uh, Power Rangers. Uh, I thought it was way again way better than it really had any business being um it was innovative it was just a different sort of again like grounded take on the reality of it um i enjoyed it a lot um the and then first this one two actually thirds of that was fantastic and the last third of that agreed sucked ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah that the, again third act issues questionable um well, we talked about that in the review. Yeah. It, was, it was much better as like this Breakfast Club movie than a Power Rangers movie, which is weird to say. Yeah, yeah. but um, still really good. Then actually, my last one, we uh, Andy and I would have agreed on, um, was also American Assassin. Um, I think I mentioned as like an offhand comment shortly after I had seen it that you know it was good. Um, this was like a fall release, I think. Last year, uh, just really, really solid. Michael Keaton is great in it. Um, I'm very quickly becoming a strong Dylan O'Brien fan between this and Maze Runner. Um, 
if he uh, goes, oh, since I wasn't part of the uh, the fan casting episode, uh, I threw this out on the Facebook page. I think Dylan O'Brien would be a really cool choice for a contender to take over the role of Wolverine. Hmm. Which would be interesting. I, I can't tell you if I agree yes or no with you, but I do think it would be a unique choice. Yeah. I, f- I feel like he's very young. Uh, yes, but I, I, I think, uh, depending on how they would go with the character, they don't necessarily need to play him young. Like it's another like origin of Logan or anything, but you know, I mean, when Hugh Jackman started the role, he was a much younger man. Um, Dylan O'Brien still looks younger, which I think is the issue. But uh, yeah, I, I I agree with that. But yeah. I mean, he's almost I mean, he's in his late twenties, almost thirty years old, I think. So it's that damn baby face that he's yeah. Got. But I think with like the right hairstyle and put some mutton chops on him, you know, make you know it can change it up a little bit. Plus, it's gonna be a couple years before they would ever actually make that movie. But I think his tendencies and his temperament, his intensity. Um, that he can bring to something, as you see in American Assassin, um, could be a very interesting choice for something like Wolverine. But yeah, American Assassin on its own was actually really, really cool. Gotcha. Uh, so my surprises we all talked about, I think most of them made my list. Logan was a surprise to me. It was not on my most anticipated, so that caught me off guard. Uh, Jumanji, again, was not on my most anticipated, but I really liked that movie. Um, I agree with Josh. Power Rangers, I thought, was really well done. It, it, again, we sort of expected crap, and it wasn't crap. It was actually pretty good, and I'd love... I don't think it made enough to warrant a sequel yet. I think they still might be pushing for a sequel, but I would gladly see a sequel. Um, and obviously Blade Runner. I didn't... I wasn't looking forward to Blade Runner. I didn't have that on my list. And considering it hit my number one, that one definitely surprised me. So, those are mine. Um, I do want to bring us back to the top ten lists that were submitted to us from Matt and Mike. Um, So, again, both of them were saying, you know, I don't know how good my list is because I didn't see a lot of movies this year. So, we'll run through. They gave me a couple honorable mentions and then they did their their top ten. So, we'll see how much you guys want to agree with these these guys. So, um, Matt made it a point to say, too, that out of his, between his honorable mentions and his top ten, all of the movies he listed for his most anticipated were hit. Okay. Except for his World War Z2, which didn't get made this year. Oh, okay. That's but the right. other nine movies he put on his most anticipated, he was able to go see. So out of the, at least he hit the ones he planned on. Yeah. So that's a plus. Um, so honorable mentions for him were Kong Skull Island, uh, The Belko Experiment. Oh, wow. And Fate of the Furious. I didn't know that anyone else really had seen that, especially him. I didn't think that would be his bread and butter. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know, I, I remember him talking about it, I don't remember how he heard about it or, or what brought him to that movie, yeah. but... Maybe in the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it could be. Maybe Josh was hyping Great it up reviews. for him. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so his number 10 was Logan, number 9 was Jumanji, okay. 8, Baby Driver, mm. 7, Patriot's Day. I remember he had that pretty high on his, or he was really... That was his number six for anticipating, yeah, he, so it hit the same spot. Yeah, he was really into that. Um, six was Wonder Woman. Uh, five, John Wick 2. Four, Guardians 2. Nice. 
Three Kingsman Golden Circle. Okay. Two Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and one was Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. Okay. That's two lists with no I'd, Star Wars. Yeah. Well, he, he Matt, I will defend, is not a very big Star Wars fan. Okay. So, I, I don't, I was, I wouldn't bet on that showing up on his list, so I'm not surprised it didn't. Uh, I am a little surprised Spider-Man got as high as it did. I, I didn't, I guess maybe I didn't realize he was that big of a Spider-Man fan. Um, but of course, some of the movies that we trashed, like <laughs> Kong Skull Island made a, made an honorable mention. You guys weren't real keen on Golden Circle. That made his number three. Um, everything else looks like decent picks that at least made our list and we talked about pretty well. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed in you, Matt, that Baby Driver's number eight. I was hoping that'd be a little bit higher <laughs> for you. Baby Driver and Logan, um, I feel like, are the glaring, glaring Yeah, he was actually, you know, to Matt's credit, for his most anticipated, he was the only one that put Logan and Jumanji on his most anticipated for this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give him credit for that. So he called both of those. I, Yeah, I, I, was, I was wrong on both of those. So he picked them right. Um, okay, so for Mike, his honorable mentions, Logan, which... He had on his list, but I remember him not being thrilled with that for some reason. Okay. Um, that was his number eight for most anticipated, so that made an honorable mention for him. And his other honorable mention he gave me was The Last Jedi. Wow. He came out of that feeling really different about it than I did. Okay. Now, I'm pretty sure he's only seen it once, so I keep trying to tell him to see it again and see how he feels. Yeah. Because that it, like I said before, it took me two times before I was I felt okay with it, and I started to appreciate it. So he still might be on the downturn for that. I I feel like it's it sat with him for a while. It's just I think the more he sits on it, the more it's not sitting well. <laughs> and I was in uh, love with it when I walked out the door. So yeah, so I don't know whether <laughs> that'll come around in years to come. We'll see. Uh, so his number ten is Pirates: Dead Men Tell No Tales. Okay. Uh, number nine, Hitman's Bodyguard. Huh. I've not seen that. It was okay. That was funny. Yeah, I I I liked the the interplay with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. I, Plot's a little weird and, and predictable. I anticipated it being funny with those two doing the buddy comedy thing. Yeah. But, Don't expect much from the story, but the the comedy's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, eight for him, Kong Skull Island. Uh, seven, John Wick two. Six is Kingsman Golden Circle. Five is Wonder Woman. Four is Guardians two. Yes. Three is Baby Driver. There you go. Okay. Two, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and obviously for Mike, yeah. number one is Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> I, I knew that. So between would be... the two of them, between Mike and Matt. Their top four, they have three of the same movies. Wow. Guardians 2 is both of their number fours. Thor is both of their number twos. And Spider-Man is both of their number ones. Romano at least put Baby Driver higher up there. So props to you for that one. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Just glancing at last year, or what we did for Most Anticipated for 2017. One movie that made a couple people's list. Well, three. It made Bradley's list and made Josh's list made Romano's list that we haven't talked about is Lego Batman. Ah. Fuck Lego Batman. <laughs> it just, did it just 
come middle of the road for everybody, or did you guys not like I, it? Or? Honestly, that was on my disappointments, but I cut it because I only was going to have three. Um, okay. I came out of that just... Ugh. Ugh. I, I was really disappointed by that one. I had the same reaction that I think Andy did to Spider-Man, which was... Eh. Fair enough. Didn't, yeah, I remember. I remember liking it, but I don't think I've watched it since the theater. I I own that's it. That's true. I just never watched it. Yeah, again. I haven't seen it since the one time in the theater, and yeah, maybe another viewing would change. I I think it's you know it's probably like feel good viewing, but it yeah. definitely didn't like it didn't leave the impression that like the Lego Movie did or no, anything. Not so at all. yeah, well, wasn't bad. Wasn't good. Just meh. Yeah, okay. Um, Josh, you had a couple on your list that you didn't touch on at all. Uh, yeah, but, and I mean, some of them, I, I, as we were going through, I realized that, um, especially like as high as, um, like Underworld was. Underworld was number two for it you. It was, um, and I still liked it. Um, Underworld in some regards has had diminishing returns since like the second movie. Um, the, the first two I can watch anytime, anywhere. Absolutely love them. Um, I still enjoy them. I'm still like when whenever they make the last one because the this this one in 2017 Blood Wars definitely set up another movie and it could provide like complete closure of the story and like it was the final chapter. That's fine. If they ever get around to making it, it will be on my anticipated list again. I enjoy the hell out of them while I'm watching them. Um, but it was again one of those like. Meh. Like, I know for me, <laughs> I happen to enjoy them, but they're, there's just not great movies anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just like my guilty pleasure anymore. And as far as something to look forward to, that's why it's high on anticipation. But when I compare to everything else that I saw, I, and especially in such a heavy year, as we've said the whole time, it just uh, didn't cut the mustard. So even if they do another one, it could be top three for you for anticipating? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to glance at lists to see if there's anything I, else I to have pick out. one from the list I discussed before the show, um, and it actually applies completely. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's the only one that was on that list that is still technically on that list. And... The list was, how did that not make anybody's list anywhere? And the movie is Get Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought for sure that was going to make Josh's list. Somebody bringing that one up. <laughs> I, toyed, um, I toyed with it on my honorable mentions. Um, I didn't go as head over heels for it as a lot of audiences did. Just coming either. at it from, like, the, 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 the creative basis of it. I applaud and it was different and, and I, you know, it gets props for all that. You know, I've seen too many horror movies. I've seen too many thrillers. I've seen the, the, the it was, it, there was, I think a lot of, there the was something missing from people from it. that I, I think a lot of the acclaim came from people that don't watch a lot of horror. Agreed. Because I feel like I have seen that exact same horror movie at least a dozen times without the black, white scenario. Right, and and that's the thing. And for, that's for, why I wasn't impressed for the things that it pushed. It did it well, but as an overall movie, 
it didn't do as much as I th- right as I think people who are used to the genre can compare it to. So yeah, it 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 just didn't do as much for me as, as I think you know as the way other people talk about it. For the for for I the agree. certain for the particular things that they celebrate about it, yes, I agree. But for the other things that they hold it up for, I I think that very much comes from an audience not used to that genre. Yeah, there was no suspense or horror in that before me at all. Like it was just. I mean, Jordan Peele did a good job in directing. You know, he made a cool movie, and oh, he, yeah. he, you know, he did well with the suspense. He did well with the certain things. Um, it's just the yeah, same just suspense the... I've seen a hundred times. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the issue. Yeah. With calling it such a great movie. It's not that I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. It's just all that high praise that it got, the crazy high praise, I feel like was from outside the genre fans. Uh, agreed. Uh, all right, so I don't know if I have anything else. Are there any final thoughts for the, the list? Any surprises for you guys? Anything? Uh, no, I think we've digested quite a bit in three hours yeah, yeah this went a lot longer than i thought <laughs> i was going to it's a list show they always um, go long all right so i'm gonna wrap it up uh if you enjoyed the show please stop by itunes leave us a five-star rating and review be sure to share subscribe favorite the show you can find us on facebook search bright guy and super friends or go to facebook.com slash bright guy super friends and you can always tweet or email us at uh bright guy super friends at gmail.com or at bg super friends on twitter and get involved because uh that's how you go from commenting on things like mike bradley used to do to becoming a regular guest for the last year and a half to two years and maybe next year some of you will be part of this episode that could be possible mike went through a a very strong vetting process (laughs) we got to start that's true i did know josh already (laughs) we had (laughs) <laughs> yeah we had to get some some vouchers through it, to make i went sure through a vetting process and then a hazing process on the first show with ian. <laughs> so i will oh, jesus that's right be plenty happy to be somebody else's ian that he was to me <laughs> uh if that happens there's always that possibility <laughs> Uh, All right, so on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.